Is it awesome. TB that's Christmassy? Tuberculosis is mm. not Christmassy, no. Isn't that like sort of a tiny Tim Dickensian type thing? No, you're thinking of consumption, which is the same thing, but it sounds more Christmassy. Or typhoid. <laughs> not typhoid, it's definitely not Christmassy. Typhoid Mary, Mary's Christmassy. That's a this connection. Is joy so gather round and hear the boys with Tom and Dave and Craven plus some guests Lol Craven likes white ravens and Dave Bamford cancels saves and if you beat Tom then he'll punch you in the face it's banter Behind the Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 60. We are now officially old enough to retire if we were a woman born in, you know, the 40s or before. Um, sadly, we're not. We're a podcast born roughly a year and a half ago, and so we're going to have to carry on till at least episode, what, 100 at this rate? Um, but in the meantime, we of course have a Christmas special for you, and it's going to be absolutely lovely. I'm rubbing my hands in front of our Christmassy fireplace here at Banter Behind the Throne Towers, and having a great time. As you may know, I'm Dave Bamford, and I will be your King of the Castle. Sadly, sadly, Craven cannot be with us tonight, but he will be joining us for part two later on this evening. Um... And at the moment, Peel is still at work, even though he knows we're supposed to start recording at half past seven. Uh, so he may be joining us at some point, but we, that remains to be seen. But at the moment, I am joined by Johnny Wright from SoCal, my dirty rascal, for the first part of this evening. Say hello, Johnny. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, and we've just been joined by Peel. No way. Ah. Hey. Ah. How are you doing, hello, Peel? Hello, <laughs> I was held up at work and then before I knew it it was like oh shite look at the time um, so I've just left now I literally just left out of the office okay um, so I'm on my way back to my car if the signal holds I'll just record there well we're recording now we're, you, you got fantastic. me mid flow mid flow oh, did I hear the clap as I came in <laughs> sadly not no I've just done the introduction <laughs> so you're, you're prime time to join in fantastic okay so it's a perfect Christmas miracle <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like a little baby Jesus. Um, okay, Peel, you may remember Johnny who joined us many moons ago. Peel, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, yeah, Peel. Fantastic. Um, for those who don't know what we're going to do today, which is all of the listeners and possibly Johnny and Peel, what we've got is uh, a chat to fat review for There Is My Claim. Uh, and in the Christmas spirit, we're going to get as many people as possible involved with it. And hopefully, if it all works out, you know, I'm just starting to do it now, we're going to have 20 guests for 20 cards. So, uh, Johnny, start us off. What is the card that you've chosen to talk to us about? Uh, talk to us about it. Read it out. Give us your thoughts. The card I've selected is Danis Baratheon, the one true king, who's a seven-cost uh, military power bicon with six strength and who is loyal, 
who reads, during power challenges, each participating non-king character gets minus one strength and has the reaction, after you win dominance, choose a non-loyal character. That character cannot stand during the standing phase this round. And the wonderful flavor text, which reads, kings have no friends. <laughs> uh, which, which, which I just love so much. Stannis is like one of my absolute favorite characters. And so uh, to have another very good version of him is, is just lots of fun. Yeah, this is a card that just fits so nicely into so many different Baratheon themes, particularly their dominance, which is where you get the real lockdown effect. But then also just this nice control over the power challenges, which we've seen in a couple of different cards uh, already. Um, and this like pseudo burn effect, which I guess was a, a CCG Baratheon theme. I think, Dave, you've mucked around with that a little bit more than I have, but does that sound right to you? <laughs> uh, there is a, yeah, Barra has a little bit of burn in, um, uh-huh. in in the first edition card pool. There's Stinking Drunk in the core set. If you, you play it correctly, Maesters, I can assure you, has a little bit of burn. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't played much CCG, so I haven't seen much. Okay. But, I mean, there is a little bit of uh, strength manipulation in in Barra in 2.0, isn't there? We've got uh, that terrible attachment that no one's going to play. Mm-hmm. And the uh, King's Forest, which is, right? Or the Kingswood Forest, something like that? Yeah, yeah, that does a similar thing to this, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. One of one of my favorite things about this card is just how uh, real-life Nedley uh, it is, in which, you know, Stannis is the man that follows the laws and, and will always do, you know, what what's required and obligated of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is going to create endless, endless situations where people are going to try to attack you in a power challenge with a one-cost chud. <laughs> and then once you say unopposed, nothing happens, they're going to try to take back that challenge. And and you will have to say, no, I'm I'm sorry, you, you declared your challenge already, and the rules say there are no take-backs. And so this is what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> That's so thematic. <laughs> The thing is, I, I can see that happening at every next tournament for the next couple of years as well. Like, oh, well, especially people playing Lords of the Crossing as well, or something like that. And just, oh, I'll just do a little power there on the first challenge. All right, fine, unopposed. Oh, I'll uh, take my unopposed. No, sorry. Nothing counts, you know. Have a nice day. But, oh, in that case, then, I'll put in, no, 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 no. <laughs> you did it with a chud. Don't expect me to feel sympathy for you. Like, exactly. I've done it with my own crossing before, so other people's Stannises, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that all the time. Just forget yeah. forget I, all about it. It's it's going to be the most common take back for a while, I, I think. So, or at least um, Viserys is okay. The new Viserys, the two cost one. So he's one strength, but he's a king. But he's a king. Yeah. <laughs> You can always crown all your chuds as well. You know, give uh, give your reducers the beggar king and that kind of thing. So they can make power <laughs> challenges. It's, it's not particularly overpowered, no. But... <laughs> no, um, I really like it. What do, you, what do you think? Do you think this is uh, better, worse than the other Stannis? Um, I'm not... I'm not certain. Uh, I think I'm a little more 
prone to running him because that the core Stannis has a way of occasionally backfiring and just ruining your board mm-hmm. uh, more than it hits your opponent. Um, and this is very targeted, uh, where it's it's not going to hit you. Um, uh, I think, so, so I can see either way. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd rather run this in in most decks. It's mm-hmm. the other one backfires on me slightly too much to warrant putting him in every barrow deck. And often I've cut him down to a one one copy, uh, and that one copy can easily be replaced with this one. He's well worth the mm-hmm. extra gold. For um, sure. I, and yeah, I he's, agree. He's a better target for Lightbringer. Um, Very. So, Very yeah. That. Um, now, the the most, uh, since we're doing banter behind the throne, the most banter thing I can think to do with him, can I share that? Oh, of course. Real quick. Yeah, is, is he, uh, he can target any non-loyal character, so it doesn't have to be on your opponent. Uh, which means that he combos very well with something like Barristan Selmy um, and Offensive Valor, so you can leave your Selmy knelt and then uh, flip Valor the next turn and then stand Selmy to save your own character. Uh, that's just another another workaround. Yes, you can. That's re- that's that's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's something you'll do once and we'll laugh about it, and then it won't be that that good, probably. But for that one time, it will be hey, loads of fun. You know, yeah, keeping Barristan Nell for the plot phase, that's good. Even if you're not going to offensively Valor. Uh, if there's mm-hmm. nothing decent worth kneeling on your opponent's board, um, mm-hmm. you put off their Valor, perhaps, or at least make it less advantageous to play it. Or if they're going first next round, you've already got your Barristan Nell. For the military challenge, so mm-hmm. yeah, why not? Solid, very cool interaction. Okay, then uh, we've talked about how good the card is to play, but how Christmassy is this card? Would this make a good <laughs> Christmas gift to a, uh, a friend or loved one? <laughs> would you uh, like it next to your Terry's chocolate orange underneath your underneath your tree, or would you maybe just want it as a stocking filler? I'm, I'm not sure Johnny will know what a Terry's chocolate orange is. I don't know if you get them in the US. Yeah, you're outside my cultural framework. I'm okay. sorry. Sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. One minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's slow it down because there's a bigger outrage here than me discussing anything else. You don't have Terry's chocolate oranges. Uh, like, no. I, maybe we do. I I don't. What each other have. for Christmas? Like real oranges. What's the love in that? Like, oh, thank you for me a real orange. What are you trying to say? I'm gonna have scurvy when I'm older. Nah. No, a chocolate orange is the way forward. It's a nice little thing. And now they come in multiple colors. You can get crispy orange, you can get white orange, you can get black orange, you can get medium brown orange, you know, all the varieties of chocolate. It's beautiful. Oh my God, we need to send, that's what we need to, we need to send Christmas chocolate oranges out, Dave. Um, because if Erica doesn't have chocolate orange, then what the hell's the point of being alive? Johnny, I will send yeah, you I, a chocolate orange for Christmas. Um, I've never received fruit for Christmas before, so that sounds wonderful. No, well, it's, it's not fruit. It is, <laughs> it is, it's a ball of chocolate, and it's segmented like an orange. So if yeah. you twat it with a hammer um, or something, it will like fall into segments. Um, yeah, or oh, it's, it's, it's one. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Wrapped. You drop it on the floor, crack it, crash it into segments, and it looks like an orange, like it is an orange, <laughs> and it's orange flavored chocolate. It is fantastic, and it's like the. Uh, it's the best, I need to get someone or something small for Christmas, but I don't really know them, or I don't really want to spend more than £2 kind of gift. 
you just like, I got That's them. Or Toblerone, yeah. But sadly, both of them have got smaller in the last year or so. They have, but I had a chocolate orange today, Dave, and it lived up. Yeah? Still good? Yeah. yeah I, I, I won a prize at work. I got a chocolate orange, and uh, <laughs> I ate that chocolate orange for breakfast. You know, nutritious and delicious. <laughs> okay. We're moving on to off chocolate oranges and on to uh, the question. What do you reckon, Johnny? How Christmas is Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought about, you gave me a little bit of heads up, so I thought about it for a long time, and it, on the first first glance, uh, it doesn't feel like a Christmas card at all. If, if anything, Stannis is taking away your presents, and, and that seems just against the whole spirit of the thing. Um, and then as I, like, sat and stared at this card for a little while, I thought, you know, I could see this almost looking kind of like a santa claus art um on this card but but it's a it's a santa that just has had enough of your shit and is not going to take it anymore so i don't it's maybe maybe even like um krampus or or krumpus the the like evil santa claus Mm -hmm. uh who who's out there to punish all of the you know seven cost gregor and miri running decks that are that are just playing these large non-loyal characters. Uh, so, so in that way, as kind of like an anti-Christmas, I, c- I could see it maybe. Okay. If you're going to rate him out of, I mean, he's got a furry coat, hasn't he? He's got a bit of fur around his, uh, yeah. around his jacket. Um, and you could Photoshop in some presents instead of that sword. And he's just kind <laughs> of like an unloving father, just like, I suppose you should have a present. But I'm not sure you really deserve it. So here's like some school books or something. If you were to rate him out of twelve for Christmasiness, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, non non photoshopped. Um, regular Stannis. Regular Stannis. <laughs> no Christmas presents or reindeer. <laughs> yeah, you could easily put antlers on there, which would make it even more thematic for Christmas and for Baratheon. So. Maybe we could release Christmas cards, you know, just if anyone wants to do a Christmas tournament next year. You heard it here first. You've got your ideas. Run with it. I, I get one of those if, if you, anyone makes them. It was my idea so <laughs> to send me one. <laughs> uh, but on the Christmas scale, I mean, Stannis taking away your best present has, has got to be a low, a low, like, three out of, out of 12. That's, that's what... What Stannis is here. Okay, three out of 12, 12 days of Christmas. All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Johnny. Always a pleasure, Dave, and, and Peel as well. <laughs> no problem. Merry Christmas, guys. Right, Merry Christmas. Just so you're aware, for relevance, that um, card has been rated the same as Santa Claus 3, so uh, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Are you going to get relevant films for each rating? I, I will now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
Right, next up we've got Wedge. Wedge, say hello and uh, give hello. us your card. My card is Caswell's Keep. Oh. Yes, lovely. It's a two-cost Tyrell location. It is unique and non-loyal. It is the Reach traded, and it has a reaction. After you reveal a plot card, choose a player. Look at the top two cards of that player's deck, place one of those cards on the bottom of that deck, and the other on top. And is it good? I think it's good, yes. I like anything that's a bit funky like this. Something that's all about card quality. Seems good. Multiple different uses. You can use it on yourself to to find the bits that you need for your own deck, or you can just use it as a denial card. <laughs> your opponent's struggling for characters, then keep putting their characters on the bottom of the deck. I've uh, I've played Tyrell Reigns the other day at a Trident event, where thankfully everyone voted Maesters. Um, but I play. I had one copy of this in my deck, and I played three games, saw it every single game. And yeah, I used it to dig for my arbor. I used it to uh, just generally improve the quality of my cards, and I've used it to put dead Tywin dupes back on the top of the deck, so, or keep <laughs> dead Tywin dupes on the top of the deck and put useful characters to the bottom. So. Um, yeah, I really like it. And I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. But every single time I saw it, I was just like, yeah, I'll play that. I'm playing Tyrell. I normally have spare gold. Um, it's great. Amazing on setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a repeatable Green Dreams, um, but with a bit more flexibility. We do like Green Dreams as well. Do we like Green Dreams? Mm. So in... In a in a Tyrell deck, would you would you cut Green Dreams for this? Do you just run one of each? Do you go to sixty two cards? <laughs> I, I might replace the Green Dreams with this. Okay, sure. It's it's less I mean, fragile. Green Dreams is also pretty good for setup, but um, yeah, this sticks around. Green Dreams is terminal. Really, is quite sad. Mm. Yes, it is. Okay, Peel, have you any thoughts on a uh, Caswell's Keep? Yeah, see, I'd use much and more than Caswell's Keep, so I could just constantly just be like, no, you're not having any characters ever, no, 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 and just keep constantly just removing characters from the game, especially with um, Gift of Arbor Red and just kind of, you know, taking the top four cards off, picking a shitty card, saying you can have that, and using and then using that as well, and picking a shitty card and then leaving that on top of their deck, so you know they're going to have a crap card every time they draw. You could effectively keep it so, well, for at least three turns or so. You could probably keep it, if, you, if you're lucky enough, you can keep it so they're only ever drawing just one crap continuous card. Like, oh, Or just one card that you don't know about, so you can predict their hand, Yeah, which is going to be especially fun, especially if you're going something like, um, you know, the rivers, the, the, obviously the plot where you get to uh, the Ruby, oh, crossing the Ruby Ford? No, that's not right. That's a plot from first edition. I get first edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do a crappy intrigue. There you go. It doesn't matter if it gets through because it's irrelevant because you know they've got shite in their hands and it will just mean that you can just push through anything you want. It'll be quite fun. Um, and if they can't get characters out, you're going to win anyway. So, winner. It's true. It's definitely true. Okay. What about that art, Wedge? What do you reckon to that? Um, well, I'm a bit sad to not get a piece of Thomas art for my, for my card. But... Mm. Um, it's an interesting picture, isn't it? It's a little bit different to normal. Almost cartoony. 
Yeah, like a caricatured stately home on top of a castle. It's yes. quite bizarre. Caswell's an interesting man. Interesting one. Hmm. But I, I like that the flavour text is there to tell you why the card works in a deadly way. Go on then. Talk us through it. Well, it says, Lord Caswell's keep was scarcely tall enough to call a tower, but the country was low and flat, and Caitlin could see for leagues in all directions. Oh. It allows you to see what's coming and plan because of it. I like it. Good job, design team. <laughs> <laughs> I have to score once in a while. <laughs> so, uh, would this make it into your Tyrell banner package? Assuming you were bannering Rose? I guess it depends what I was aiming to do with the banner. If I wanted it for some of its filtering purposes, then yes. If I was using it for some of their slightly more aggressive things like Elena's informants and the, the knights, then probably not. That makes sense. So overall, we think possibly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, it's, it's Christmas. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how Christmassy is this card wedge? No, sorry, not, not 10. 1 to 12, sorry. 1 to 12? Yeah. Oh, in that case, probably 8.5. Eight and a half. Uh, Peel, what what else would be an eight and a half on your Christmas your Christmas scale? See, an eight and a half is a tricky one, really, because it doesn't rule out um, much, really. It, it, there's a lot of stuff up there with the eight and a half. Uh, it's happy up there. I mean, the eight and a half is out of twelve. So, so based on that and based on that alone, I'm going to go with uh, bad Santa. Bad Santa. So it's around a bad Santa. Okay. It's amusing in parts, and you'll you'll enjoy parts of it, but you you're not gonna. You're not going to recommend it to all your friends. Okay. Caswell's you know, Keep, like the, the bad Santa of cards. Okay, sure. So far, I've not seen either of these uh, Christmas movies you're referencing, so we'll see how many I have seen by <laughs> the end of the show. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Wedge. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, then. Now we're joined by uh, Mr. Wammer. Say hello. Hello. Uh, what card have you got for us today? Well, I was kind of left with the scraps, so I've got the one that no one else wanted, um, which is uh, this weird, like, it's terrible plot from what I can tell. It's got rubbish stats. I haven't got to the text yet, but I'm sure that's shit too. <laughs> Go on then, read it to us and we'll make a judgment. Okay, it is Valar Morgulis. It is an omen plot. It has two gold. It has zero initiative. It has zero claim. It has five reserve, and it has the text, when revealed, kill each character. And its illustrator is Dimitri Bielak. I'm glad you included the important facts. Well, yeah. yeah. I included every fact, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, oh, actually, I forgot. Plot deck limit one. Ah, good. And it's card number 80 in the pack. Card number 80? Yeah. Wow, we are getting through this cycle quick, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. So, it's uh, weird. Before this pack, it felt to me like we were barely starting the cycle. <laughs> and now it feels like we've almost finished it. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Uh, hitting the halfway point does that, doesn't it? Or going past yeah. the halfway point. Um, so, uh, what, what do you think of this card? I mean, killing all characters seems like a bad thing, right? Because all your characters die. This is true. But... Before we get on to the specific mechanical importances, I think 
we need to start with the most important thing, which is why this card is Christmassy. <laughs> okay, um, we, we were doing that uh, at the end, but if you want to start with the Christmas... Well, I mean, then, uh, I, I can it. see the logic of doing it at the end with each card, but I think with a card as Christmassy as this one, it would be remiss not to lead with it. Okay. It is quite festive. Um, so there are several reasons why this is this is a, uh, a Christmassy card. First of all, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned this, but it, there was a similar card with the same name in first edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art of this card is very similar to the first edition art. Mm-hmm. Only instead of having an orange, having an orange tinge, it has a green tinge. Oh, right. Orange is a very summery color. Green, more of a festive Christmas color. I, I like so it. That's I like the first it. Reason. Second, the first edition version didn't have a trait. This one has the omen trait. And Ooh. Christmas is the time for goodwill to omen. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's game yep. a reserve of five. Um, and that makes it the stat line spelled 2005, which coincidentally is the year where at that very Christmas, A Feast for Crows was the top of the bestseller list in both the UK and the United States. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. That is uh, this lockdown. That like, is good Christmas fair play. Like <laughs> it might as well be called Valor or Christmas. Really. I was just gonna say it's connected. I, you know, I was just gonna say it's more like diehards, but that's like that's fair play. Like this is this is the diehard of this pack. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was gonna say, uh, if you were gonna rate this card out of twelve for how Christmassy it was, what would you give it? Would is you just give it the straight the most or the least? Twelve is the the most because then you get all the things with it. You get your uh, your lords are leaping. You get your ladies dancing. You get your five gold rings. You get everything if it's a twelve. Whereas uh, if it's a one, you just get stuck with a partridge uh, and yeah. a tree. Which no one really wants. No. I would want to give it a uh, twelve lords are leaping, but it doesn't have any snow in the artwork. So. Wow. We'll drop it down to an 11, whatever 11 was. Um, drummer's drummer's piping? Piper's piping, possibly. Some some, some crap that no one actually wants. People doing 11. something. Yeah. If anyone ever got the 12 days of Christmas as Christmas presents, I think that would end in divorce. Um, like that, That's not something that anyone wants. Um, you don't really want a partridge. Uh, let's to be fair, um, out of the list of things, the partridge is one of the less, like the least objectionable ones on there. <laughs> it's also really useful because you can eat it. Yes, yeah. you can at Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, and then you can Christmas. eat the pears for the rest of the year. Mm. So, uh, Peel, a card that is eleven Christmasiness. What film would that be? Uh, you see, I was, I thought he was going to rate it twelve, so I was like going to say it's a Die Hard. Um, so what's not quite as good as Die Hard, but still it's very Christmassy? <laughs> Don't insult it. Um, oh, you see, there's there's two that are popping to head, Dave. One of which has Macquarie Culkin, mm-hmm. and the other one is Gremlins. Gremlins. Mm. Okay. Gremlins is a Christmas film, and you know it. And I think Gremlins, in comparison to to this situation, is more is more relatable. So I'm going to give it a Gremlins. Give it and a no, to be fair, most of what Macaulay Culkin does in those films would kill those guys. <laughs> yeah, true. He sets them on fire and throws bricks at their head from the top of a building. 
and yet never got arrested. Just throwing it out there. Like, self-defense laws, mental. Um, but, Set in yeah. America, mate. <laughs> oh, there's a man in my land. Shoot him. Well, he's here to sell me stuff. Shoot him. All right. Okay, then. Uh, go on, then, Whammer. We've discussed the Christmassy part. What about the actual card? Is it any good? Should people play it? <laughs> or should they just not play it and not prepare for it at all? Because it's so bad and you'll never see any play honest. I think <laughs> that it's quite good. Like, it's not... It's it's not comparable... Okay, well, it is comparable to the first edition version. It's very comparable. But it's not as good as the first edition version, mm. which it's is like, kind of the key point. And I think a lot of people are going to spend the next month beating their heads against the wall while they misplay it. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I took it to a tournament a couple of, well, last week, um, and I got to play against two new players, one of whom was not pleased about it. Uh, and when I killed his, uh, his Jon Snow and his old Bear Mormont. Ooh, uh, nice. And the other one I managed to get is uh, his unprotected Tywin, which was oh. good. I mean, he had tried to protect the Tywin, but I had removed the bodyguard the previous turn, so... That was alright. Nice. Yeah, so, so far, I am loving it. <laughs> loving it. So why, why do you yeah, think people I, might misplay it? Because, first of all, everyone and their mother is playing, like, Greyjoy or Kraken Banner and thinking, okay, if I do that, then I can just include Valor and not have to worry about what my opponent does with it and what I do with it. And it's, like, it's obviously very good in Greyjoy. But you can't just throw it in and forget it exists because you've got saves. You've got to actually do something about what the terrible stat line is. Because, like, make no mistakes, 2005 is about as bad as it gets. Yeah. And people aren't sort of playing around that. Like, even if you are able to, like, best case scenario in Greyjoy, you value, you save, like, say, three characters, then your opponent is going to have played a plot with actual stats, is going to play out stuff, or they're just going to like maybe play a location and then hit you back with their Valor next turn and then all your things are going to die anyway. And it just isn't that great to use like that. What you've really got to do to use Valor properly is make it so that you still have stuff on the board. And that doesn't have to be characters, but I mean, it can be. But for me, the way to take advantage of it properly is to build a deck where the sort of the key cards in the deck are locations. So like, You'll never guess what example I'm going to use. Tyrell has the Arbor. It has Highgarden. Uh, It now has Caswell's Keep, as I'm sure you spoke at length about earlier on. (laughs) And those are all really great cards to have. All all three of them, actually, are really, really great cards to have on the Valor turn. And, you know, like Lannister, if you throw it in a normal Lannister deck, it will be terrible. If you throw it in a Lannister deck that has Harrenhal and Tower of the Hand and Lannisport and so on, it will probably do a lot more work. And I think that's where people are going to go wrong, is they're going to build their normal second edition deck with their normal second edition cost curve, you know, with like, I don't know, like let's say it's a Barracrack and they've got their Bob, their Stannis, their Victarion, and they're going to throw three Iron Mines, three Bodyguards and Valor in and call it a good, a good job. And it's just not going to work. I can definitely see that. I've been, uh, I've been excited to play more one-offs of my expensive characters bit more in the middle of the curve more locations that do things it's interesting with the one-offs thing because i'm not sold that that's as good an idea as people think to be honest yeah because like in first edition the reason why one-offs were terrible um sorry why one-offs were the way to go with valor 
and having multiple copies were terrible is because a everything died all the time and every like both players were almost certainly running a valor at least until like the final cycle or two and then secondly because dupes were cancelable and burn i guess as well yeah also yeah burn was a thing that existed which it really isn't in the game at the moment but it's used as like a challenge denial tool and an aggro tool you don't set out to burn the opponent's tie win or whatever mm. most of the time <laughs> yeah most of the time <laughs> there are notable and fun exceptions but <laughs> yeah it like I, th- I think that running three ofs is almost a better protection against valor than running lots of one ofs at least in the current meta well i'm i'm taking the uh the the route of things like so this I was playing Tyrell the other day. I was playing your your Reigns deck. Um, yeah. Renly, I keep it a three of because he's a massive body. He's draw. He's renowned. He's exactly what I want. Um, and opposing kings not that common enough to worry about his downside. And if it does, oh well, you know, just deal with it. You're running close cool anyway. Yeah. Um, other than that, one ofs for a lot of other characters. I mean, there were three Marjories in there. She's pretty damn useful in a Reigns deck. Um, yeah. And she there's not as much first snow so. She doesn't, you know, that's what kind of got her before. Uh, I've not been seeing a massive amount of Stark, so there's no ward, so that that's fine. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Randy was a three of as well. Yeah. Uh, whereas well, I'm not sure not, I would. Gone wrong. Yeah, I was, I'm not sure I would run Randy as a three of anymore. I might drop him down slightly. Uh, I mean, in that range deck, he still is a three because you're running so many strength pump effects. This is true. This is true. Um, but I think, I but think broadly, yeah, a it's typical threes maybe doesn't come through. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm running more more threes and more ones than I used to. Uh, and yeah, when, say, in doubt, bad, when in doubt, when in doubt, I'm going to be dropping running, down. If you were running two copy two characters at two copies, you should figure out which one you prefer and make that one three and the other one one. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you look at a Barra deck now, I think I'm looking at uh, just like a pure Barra Fealty deck. I'm probably looking at keeping three Bobs, three Mel's, but then all other unique characters are probably a one. Because yeah, they're that, the cornerstone yeah. characters. So look at an old first edition deck. Oh, what might pop to mind? You know, Quentin. Uh, the Viper was a three. Ariane was often a two. And then everyone else was a one. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, like the key characters, I'm still keeping at threes. Uh, and then pretty much everyone else is going to be a one for me. I'm ignoring yeah. Quentin from the the equation because he's a completely different ball game. Um, yeah, characters that don't hit the dead pile when they die slightly <laughs> different. Yeah, uh, like Benjamin, you can still run two. Uh, Arya, you can still run two. They're quite nice at that kind of uh, slot still. But um, yeah. everyone else, I'm dropping down to ones and putting up to threes, depending on how important they are and how uh, how deep the character pool is for that house and banner combination. So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay then. Um, have you got any further comments on Valor? I mean, we could talk about this all night. Uh, we could. It's it's, it's <laughs> one of the more important cards in the pack, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've you've given a bit of advice to people on uh, how to play with it. Is there any really key comments on it that you need to, you know, like you really need to bear this in mind when playing or deck building or or playing against it? I mean, I think as a general rule, like people. Should like if you're not playing with Valor, I don't think you need to change too much in the deck building. You just need to know that it exists and not overextend with your big unique characters. Mm-hmm. Like you know, show some semblance of moderation. Because like right now in the game, 
sure wildfires a thing, but really there's very little incentive to not just play bomb after bomb after bomb. Maybe if you've already got a couple more bombs out than the other person, maybe hold one back so that you can immediately play another bomb when Valor drops. I think it's going to be a lot more a player adjustment thing than a deck building adjustment thing. That makes sense. Um, and of course, uh, I've, I've found confiscation has gone up in stock in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> confiscation for bodyguards marched, because if you can, if they've got a character they're saving and you can march it on the Valor turn, then that's just brutal. Like, that's backbreaking when you can get that to line up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're not running Valor, definitely consider those cards. Yeah. Uh, oh, my other uh, pro tip for everyone play Varus. Oh, yes. He's still really, really good, and people like to load up on saves so they can withstand the Valor, and then you just Varus all the saves away and laugh, and it's wonderful. <laughs> he is a lot of fun. I, I, I took an updated version of Vitoral Reigns to a tournament, went 6 and 0 with it. I, got, I triggered Valor twice across the rounds, and I triggered Varus twice across the rounds. And Varus was at least as important as Valor was. Fantastic. I certainly enjoyed uh, drawing Varus last week, but I didn't actually get to play him in the end. At one point, oh. I had to chuck both him and the Arbor to reserve. <laughs> it was just that kind of game. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute madness. Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, well, if you've got nothing else, then uh, thank you for joining us, James. No worries. Thanks for having me. Have a Merry Christmas. And, you. and a Merry Christmas to you! Right, next up we've got uh, Alex O'Fiwa to say hello, Alex. Hello. You're relatively uh, new to the game, so do you want to give us a quick bit about yourself? You've not joined us before. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a complete 2.0 scrub. I've got no idea how I got into the game, just that I bought it in, in February from Orcs Nest, Boo, in London. Um, been playing ever since, really. Go to tournaments every now and on, occasionally do well, annoy Bamford by drawing the right cards at the right time, so uh, not too bad, really. Yeah, works for me. Okay. Uh, what card have you got for us today? I've got the best card of the pack, the card that nobody has recognised how good it is, and it's going to completely shake up the meta. It's Red God's Blessing. Sure. It is a, I know. It's brilliant. It, it's a two-cost attachment. I hear positive attachments are a big thing. Mm. Everyone has space for them. <laughs> Oh, go on, yeah. uh, re- read the card to us. What does it do? Peel doesn't have his. Uh, Peel doesn't have access to like a screen or anything. He's on his phone, okay, so um, we need to uh, talk him through it. Okay, well, it is a two-cost Baratheon non-loyal attachment. It has the blessing and relore traits, which I hear is a good thing. It's called Red God's Blessing. Um, attached character gains the relore trait and gets plus one strength for each relore character you control, and it's non-unique. Okay, and uh, is this a good card? Tell, talk us through it. It is a good card. Why? Right. Everyone has said it's, it's terrible, so based on London meta, it must be brilliant, because we always get things right and we say everything that's bad is good and everything that's good is bad, according to the rest of the world. <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness, I, I do not understand why people are saying this card is shit. Um, it's non-unique for a start, which I think people aren't giving enough credit for. Um, when we reviewed this um, in the Cross Keys pub, which is where our meta kind of focuses, we all went mental for it. So it's R'hllor, so it gives you a R'hllor trigger when you play it. Having R'hllor in your deck is not necessarily a bad thing, etc. 
it doesn't have any restrictions for banner for banner play, unlike Lightbringer, which can only be played on a Baratheon character, which immediately makes it slightly better, gives you that versatility on who you play it. You're always going to ram your Barra Banner deck and any Barra deck that you build with as many Relore cards as you can, um, just for to get as many mail triggers off. I mean, you're automatically running, I'd say, three fiery followers without a doubt. You're probably running two of the newest because she's double kneel with Mel and quite good. The trend for this is you just put it on some fiery followers. Yes, it's expensive. There's no real ways to reduce it at the moment, which is a problem apart from doing it in the marshalling phase. But if you put this on your fiery followers, with just the three of them out alone, you've got... Because it busts off themselves. I'm trying to work out the strength. You've got plus three on each one to get them to five strength bicons. Yes, it is five gold apiece. So to look. <laughs> but again, I'm beating myself into a corner here. You've got five strength bicons that stand for dominance. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Cause you can get a decent amount of challenges. You get your reward triggers um, once a turn with it. And it's just a case of when you do when running a dom game, I don't necessarily think that having a kneel a turn and then getting a huge strength boost on one of your characters is necessarily a bad thing for it. Mm-hmm. And if you're really kind of you know boring, I suppose you could put it on something good like Rob and just do it the normal way, strength boost and intimidate people. But I mean, I'm quite frustrated with it to be honest because you look at it objectively and you go, yes, in many ways it is completely terrible, but. People who have been reviewing this card have been saying that it's basically a crap version of King Robert's Warhammer. The problem with King Robert's Warhammer is it only gives you plus one strength. So when you compare it to attachments like Widow's Whale, Needle, Ice, etc., it's not giving you as much strength as you would get from those. Um, and you have to sack it to really get the use out of it. This is just a good positive strength buff. Yes, it's two, two gold, but it has the potential to get ridiculous the more lore characters you have out. And you're probably going to be playing quite a few of them anyway because of Mel and the way the Barra decks are working. The, the only thing that gives me pause for thought about it is if your opponent's wasting a confiscation on this, then that proves that it is a good card. Um, <laughs> is First Snow Winter, because the people that you would want to play it on, I think, are the Fiery Followers. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's worth a one-of or a two-of maybe in a dominant deck, I think, because... Yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't see too much wrong with it. I mean, it's not complete binder fodder. It might go in a couple of decks. Please tell me why I'm wrong. I'm sure there are many reasons. I don't think it's too bad. Uh, I mean, I've played Lightbringer on Chuds before, just for the Neil. And then, uh, like, it's really nice on uh, Shireen. Um, and I've, you know, when we reviewed uh, whatever the last riddle card we got was. Well, the last attachment, the uh, the ruby, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, ruby of relore. I, I said that in certain circumstances, I wouldn't mind paying three just for the kneel, and the effect was gravy. So this actually mm. does things. It's got a lot more targets, um, and it's cheaper. It's non-terminal. So worst comes to the worst, you just put it on a chud, murder the chud, get it back, play it again. Um, I I agree that it's it's better in a dominance build than just a generic barra build. Uh, but it's so good on Robert. Mm. But then I do wonder, are you going to get these nice big boards with lots of real characters like you used to be able to mm. with Valor and Wildfire in the meta and First Snow? Um, 
boards will, at least for the time being, be a bit smaller than they used to be. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you can really rely on much more than one, two, maybe three strength at a push uh, consistently. But then, you know, if it's on Robert, that's quite nice. If it's on the fiery followers, uh, you can stop a two strength fiery follower winning with dominance quite easily. But when they're pushing five strength, it's it's a different matter entirely. So, uh, yeah, I, I quite like it. It's 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 just the classic problem of can you fit it in? Is there is there something better? And I think that's where it's going to fall down. Not that it's bad in itself. Just I don't know if I've got the card slots. Just just to kind of to recap, I, I get the feeling that. I think a dominance deck it will work in. I think a banner deck it will work in. If you play it on characters that need to win... Well, every character needs to win a challenge. But if you play it on something like Jacken, which I don't know why you play, or somebody like Miri, etc., and just put it on them, um, get the kneel off with Mel, and then murder somebody, I can see it working then. But again, it's like you were saying, Dave, it's kind of building up a, an argument for something based on a condition that may or may not happen in the meta with Valor and with Wildfire and First Snap. So I, I, th- I, think I think there's use for it. It's, I think it's one of those cards that's not particularly interesting, and I think it's also a bit of a seed in that I think it will get better. I mean, have you guys seen the cards that were spoiled by another cast that shall not be named today? I did, and I agree. I, th- I think it's one of those that, with the way that the, the card pool for Barra seems to be going where you've got Visited by Shadows, again, it's a dominant seed card. You've got this, which is a dominant seed card. And you've also got this new R'hllor Festival Malarkey, which seems to be ridiculously good and has a potential to let you win dominance and then for all of your characters gain absurd amounts of power if you if you somehow manage to save 11 gold up into the dominance phase, etc. <laughs> if you're mad like that and your opponent's bad enough to let you gain 11 gold and then not see the inevitable coming. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those that will get better. I think, despite what most of my metamates in London seem to think, FFG do know what they're doing and the game designers do know what they're doing um, when they make some of these cards. And it's going to be one of those that I think will just be more significant later on. Um, and despite the fact that the only reason, the main reason why you would play this is the Valor trait in the current Melisandre, I, I am kind of bored of what the current Melisandre does, mm-hmm. as good as she is. I kind of want to see something something different that would be a bit more about the more law stuff you have, the better she gets. Okay. Um, which I can kind of see this doing. Um, but I don't have a looking glass into the future. I don't have a ruby of law, unfortunately. I can't see what's going to happen. So, uh, But yeah, I, I don't think it's terrible. I mean, I, I'd probably give it a C or a C-. minus. Okay. I think it's got uses. Sure. Uh, what about its uh, Christmassy this then? How how Christmassy is it? It's green. It's mean. It's got a fire behind it. Um, but um, as I was kind of telling you, Dave, the uh, the real Christmassiness is the um, is what goes wrong at Christmas. What happens when people have had too many drinks and they get some bright ideas? You know, your dad's like, "Yeah, I'm going to carve the turkey, but it hasn't had long enough to cook. So what I'm going to do is pour some paraffin over my carving knife." Set it on fire, and the turkey will cook while I'm carving it. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Absolutely. Or your again, somebody else. Let's say your mum this time again has a few too many. Leaves the knife cooking. Um, 
leaves a knife on the gas while she's kind of moving the turkey to and fro. And all of a sudden it catches fire and she's like, oh my God, get the, get the leather glove on and throw it out into the snow. You know, Christmas gone wrong. <laughs> I feel like you're speaking from experience. Yes, Christmas is a nightmare at the at the Ophiworth household. <laughs> we all follow the rules of the law. That's the problem. So you know, we just try and set everything on fire. <laughs> What's Christmas without a little bit of fire, right? Oh, and also, it's Christmas pudding. That's the Christmasiness of it. You know how you set that on fire? Yeah, yeah. You could roast yeah, chestnuts yeah. on it and everything. You see, Christmas. It's just basically a big old pyromaniac fest. <laughs> Fair. So uh, if you were going to rate this card out of 12 for Christmasiness, what would you give it? Well, I think it's a difficult one. I- I'm going to have to give it an 11. An 11? Wow. Or Rudolph. That's that bloody high. Um... What would... Uh, why, why 11? What, like, what, what knocks off the one point? Why isn't it 12? I just... I don't know. I mean, it, it's just lacking something that just screams definitive Christmas. I mean, maybe if there was a beard in the background or, you know, a selection of fine cheese or something, it would be pretty good. Um, I do think the Red God's Blessing actually makes it more Christmassy because, you know, Santa's Santa's red and two children in America. He is basically a god. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, maybe, maybe that bumps it up. I don't know. OK. Well, then, Peel, uh what would, uh, if The Red God's Blessing was a Christmas film, what would it be? Well, if it's an 11, it would be Home Alone, Dave. Home Alone. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Can you yeah. see any... No, I mean, huh? well, Can you see any further parallels between this card and Home Alone? Well, you know, um, both involve people bleeding for entertainment purposes. Okay. If Kevin had a fiery sword, he wouldn't have had too much trouble with those uh, burglars, would he? I... No, but it would also ruin the premise of the film. So there's that. Um, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a very yeah. It'd be a very short. Um, it would be a very short film, really. Oh, I'm gonna break into your house, mate. Fucking not. Oh shit! Yeah, he's got a flaming sword. I mean, they. To be fair, I'd give up after I got a nail through my foot. But hey ho, what do I know? I'm not a burglar. No, and you said not just, a wet bandit. Exactly. I just call it the hell of day. Like, oh, I'm going the hell home. Sod this shit. What could possibly be worth this much in this house? So saying that, Kevin's parents, they must have been minted. They had a nine-bedroom house and could afford to take their, all of their kids on holiday in December to Paris. That's a lot of money. He must be working for some serious bacon. It's true. They just don't think about these things. They don't, they don't think no about the, the ways and the means when they write these Hollywood movies. No one thought about... And also, it would have been just as effective if he had, like, two brothers and sisters, I think. I mean, the house would have been a lot smaller, so there would have been that. But. Yeah, but it's harder to leave one when you've got two. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, my God, we're missing 50% of our children is a lot more than, oh, you know, the little shit is left in the attic. <laughs> uh, but I think there were other family members there as well, weren't there? Like, his cousins were there and stuff, which contributed to the chaos. The chaos when Lee... I mean, we've all left to go on holiday. Uh, go on holiday. Um, I left the child. Example. And, yeah, well, it's natural, really, Dave. I go on holiday <laughs> on a regular basis and often leave a child. Um, <laughs> and we went to Starlek. Seb almost died. It was horrible. Um, but, you know, you just got to remember these things and look after them. So, in future, kids, may I recommend numbers. Number your children. Team-based system. Okay, well, uh, thank you for joining us. Okay, now we're joined by uh, Costas. Costas, you've not been with us before, so do you want to introduce yourself and tell us about your card? 
Yes, hello. Um, I'm Costas. I don't have a last name because it's too complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live in Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, my card is Georgian Reed. Um, he, as I said earlier in a, in a candid way to Dave, uh, he's probably the most Christmassy card of all. Okay. Um, well, he is sitting under the tree and he gives presents to everyone. This is this is very true. You can't so, you can't get any more Christmassy than that. Yeah, he's he's a combination of Santa Claus and an actual present. Wow. Okay. Uh, so if you were to rate Jojen out of twelve, um, of twelve Christmases, how how much would he be? Would he be a solid twelve? Yeah. Let me do the math because I had thought of it out of five. <laughs> um, it's all right. <laughs> Well, out of Christmases. Yeah, out of 12 Christmases. Um, I think he would be a 7 Christmas. 7 out of 12? Yes. Well, something like July, then. (laughs) Right, okay. (laughs) He, well, that's as far as playability goes. I don't even rate, like, card art and stuff like that. That's that's what people who don't actually play the cards. (laughs) Um... Yes, but he's he's reasonable. Let's what does he reasonable. do? Uh, Peel hasn't got them in front of him, so you're gonna have to read out the card for Peel, I'm right. afraid. So we've got three gold, unique, stark, non-loyal, um, intrigue, power, one strength, um, stealth, important bit, and when he stands, um, both players reveal the top card of the deck. Mm-hmm. And you choose whether each player draws the card or discards it. Okay. Hence the presence for so, everybody. There you go. Um, well, to be fair, it's presence only if your presence better than the other person's present. <laughs> it's slightly, it's slightly selfish as far as present giving goes. Um, obviously, stealth is great. That's um, for Stark. They may actually like win an intrigue on attack just because of that and stealth and power is even better and three goal for setup is rather mediocre towards poor mm-hmm. doesn't really work very well um, but at least he's better than Arya for setup if that says, that says anything um, he dies to blood of the dragon so depending on how much you, you see Lockley of that he can be the absolute worst three gold you spend especially if you're playing um, um, what's her name the girl that stands Stark Lords and Kings uh, Jane Westerland yeah it would be pretty horrible if you had to put those two down against Targ and just see six gold and two guys go down the drain for free I mean, that's what Winterfell's um, for, right? The passive strength boost? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. True enough, I suppose. Also, he's on that lovely one goal, one strength. Um, so even with Winterfell, Shagiro can like kindly sacrifice him. Oh, yeah. To stand yeah. everyone. And he also has a sort of weird synergy in very many quotes with the new Tywin. Yeah. So I think it's the only occasion where you both players actually see the cards and then you choose to 
trigger tie win for both decks if you choose to discard them. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to call it fantastic, <laughs> but it's certainly something. Yeah, I'm not sure it's war- it warrants playing Battle Wolf in a pillage deck, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Probably, probably not. But yeah, if you've got Tywin and the other person has George and Reed or vice versa, oh yeah, it yeah. makes it definitely weird. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, so in a, in a general Stark deck, do you, do you play a copy? Do you play three copies? Do you not play them at all? If you just had like you a Stark fealty deck now, do you slot them in? Um, in a Starkfield deck now, I would probably play one. Mm-hmm. I would. I don't think I would ever play three, unless I would hope like a Stark combo deck came around, mm-hmm. or there was something like, um, something like the Ian from first edition where you could stand like small strength characters. Oh yeah, into the nearly man, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Um, but one of is not bad. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. Um, I mean, yeah, deck filtering is always good. Stealth on on those icons is nice. Um, it's just it is a he's not a he's not a big body, is he? And he's that. He's not, slot. and you don't. You can get cards, but you give the other person cards. It's just a matter of who needs them more mm. and who needs specific things more, and how lucky you actually are with flipping relevant things versus irrelevant for your opponent. Mm. But even giving your opponent something irrelevant just means they're closer to something relevant. This is very true. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Car, even bad card, bad card advantage is still card advantage. Still yeah. something. The only, yeah, the only slightly redeeming is if you have less cards than you deserve, and your opponent has at least as many cards as you deserve. Yeah. So again. You gain quantity versus your opponent's quality, mm-hmm. but it's not. Know, it's not. It's not. It's not what will make yeah make or break a deck or a game possibly. Okay, sure. Have you got any uh, comments on Jojen, Peel? Oh, I'd rather feed the birds. Seems fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not. <laughs> I didn't think. I think that at that point, that's probably the best answer for him. He's not anything special, is he? Um, so yeah, he's he's, he's alright. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not bad to have <laughs> all right cards for the game. The problem, the problem I have with Terjan Reed is is more the more the fact he's in Stark. Um, that's an automatic hindrance against whatever rating I feel I'm going to give him. So what you do when you you work out a start character's rating is you take the rating you want to give them and then you divide it by two and plus one because that always gives you like a funky number. So if, for example, I thought it was like a six, it'd only be a four. Okay. That almost the same, has yeah. sense to it. It does, uh, Dave. It's a system I've been working with for a while. Um, I'm not going to lie. There are other comparisons I can tell you about, but I'm, I'm going to leave it be at that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so Costas has uh, said to us that this is a very it's very Christmassy and that he gives presents and he's sat under a tree yeah but he's not that Christmassy because he only gives presents if you're, the present he's getting is better than the present that he's giving um, and he's given it a 7 out of 12 uh, what Christmas movies would you give a 7 out of 12 to Peel well you see this is again we're at the middle of the table but a little bit you know a little bit over but, but it's you know it, it's just kind of really the same as a uh, 
completely mid-rate. I'm looking forward, I must admit, to the point where we get to like ones because I've got some absolutely amazing things at ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, like there's some shit films out there. I'm not gonna lie, but for my seven out of ten rating, I am gonna go with. And people may disagree with me on there, and I can feel there's some backlash going. But The Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch. Okay. So uh, slightly better than average, The Grinch. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of it, but then again, I've only ever watched it once, and apparently it's popular, so that's why I haven't rated it low. Okay, fair enough. All right, so Jojen is The Grinch, which is also kind of thematic in its own way, taking people's <laughs> presents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing them the bin. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Costas. It's been a My pleasure. pleasure. And again, a Have Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Jemiel. Jemiel, you've not been with us before. Do you want to introduce yourself uh, and no. uh, give us your card? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Jemiel. Some of you might know me from Starlink or other Road to, Road to Starlink events. Uh, um, I'm part of the Fracas organization team, a minion to our mighty Lord uh, Skaven. Uh, we're uh, having a cheerful group of players here in Poland uh, doing our own podcast as well that we try to rip banter off once in a while. <laughs> I think I think this is something that we should be doing as well. So the Christmassy episode <laughs> sounds nice. I mean, that sounds like a terribly good idea to rip that off of you. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> And we'll yeah, never so, know because we don't speak Polish. <laughs> well, we'll assume it's fantastic. We'll just put in some subtitles that, and we'll pretend that you know what you're talking about. If that's fine with you. Yeah, that's what I do every week. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> All right, so thank you guys for having me here, uh, the legendary banter. And uh, I decided to bring you the card that I feel is the most Christmassy card of them all in the. Ooh current chapter pack. I mean, perhaps not the most Christmassy. The most Christmassy one is obviously Valor. But th- <laughs> that one that one has already been taken. I mean, it's the most Christmassy because it's like a present for your for Christmas for you, for everyone. It's true. Or almost everyone. Yeah, but uh, it's it's the most Christmassy card for a number of reasons, but I will tell you why after I've read it out, because okay. they told me to read it out before, because Peel doesn't have his cards in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry for spoiling that, I just couldn't help myself. Oh, that's quite alright. Uh, yeah. So, um, we're bringing to you Vice Toloro, or Trollololo, as one might say. Uh, it costs one, uh, it's a location, a Targaryen location, the loyal one. Uh, it it obviously has the Esso straight, because why wouldn't it? And then it's uh, Game Text reads, Interrupt. Uh, when a character with one or more power is killed, kneel Vice Trollololo to move one power from that character to Vice Trollololo. Up to two power instead, if that character's strength is zero. So, this is the card. And... First of all, I'm going to tell you why I think it's Christmassy. First of all, because it, it begins with a V, so it's like almost like Valor in this pack, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. The same thing. I like it. And that, one, and that one has already been taken, so <laughs> screw you guys. <laughs> um, second of all, uh, you might 
remember or you might not remember Mr. Trollololo, the guy that was doing the um, he was he was the, this Russian singer that sang the beautiful song that when someone like it, it, I, actually it was not a song it was called a vocalization where he was doing the trollololololololololo okay like sure <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that I was, know it you never heard that I don't oh think so God. I'll look All it right, up though so th- this was some, and he was like singing it. Just just type in Trollololo on YouTube, and you will find the Trollololo guy. And he was oh, the Trollololo guy. <laughs> yeah, he was doing like the vocalization. Oh, you remember him? I remember so, the Trollololo guy. So it's it sounds tremendous it's for, for, <laughs> for us in Poland, especially. I don't know why. And this this is one song we always sang when we saw the laughing storm out there in the field. So. It brings memories back, like Christmas does. Okay. And also, this card gives you power, which is like a present under your Christmas tree. And yeah, that's all right. Do do, do you put presents under the Christmas tree or or in socks? Uh, we do both, but mostly under the tree. Yeah. You, 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 so 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 you're not American. That's good. That's yeah. Good. My feelings about the card, because you probably wanna you wanna know them. I mean. <laughs> Don't really know because I don't really play Targ, but it seems pretty awesome, especially... I mean, there used to be a location like that in the first edition, but it allowed you to pull power, or or, or that was an event, I think, allowed you to pull power off your own characters, I think. I vaguely remember something like that. Yeah, it's never been used, but this one seems like it's got potential, right? You can burn Edmure with that. I mean, you can burn Edmure and then grab, like, his power. It's, 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 it sounds tasty. It's I mean, nice. I know the opponent can can control that, but sometimes they that just don't have no choice. Yeah, especially with... Uh, I mean, you can still just one power off a of Valor or something, so it's still yeah, not too yeah. bad in that. Yeah. Not too shabby, not too shabby at all. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, way, it's way more interesting than the new Viserys... I mean, the new Viserys is interesting, mind you, but but the old one is way too interesting to 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 for me at least. Okay. If I was playing Tar. Oh, I played one of each at Starlight. One of each one of Viserys. Each. Yeah. Oh, that, that's interesting. He I was mean, great I, 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 <laughs> we, me and my friends have recently been wondering if it's um, if it's uh, v- viable to play two different two different versions of a character in one deck. Like we're we're considering Cersei. For a Reigns deck, like okay. two old Cersei's and one new, mm-hmm. and like I, I used to have those, you know, re- memories from the first edition when when that was basically never a good idea, I think. Mm-hmm. And and now I, I'm not really sure because like so the, the new Cersei is like a good seven coster, but she's not as Christmassy as Valis Trollololo, and by by all means, no. Of course, not. of course. So, um, what do you think about this card in Melee? Because I know you're a pretty big Melee fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Melee. And, yeah, I mean, in Melee, I think it's 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 uh, it's even even nicer than in Joust. Because in Melee, people tend to forget that when characters die, and characters sometimes die in Melee as well. I mean, military <laughs> does not, is not as important as Melee as it is in Joust, but... It still happens, right? People need to get their unopposed, renowns, mm. insights, hell knows what. So when something dies, 
It's 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 a bit of a boy king for Targ, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And it's uh, I mean, you can. There's a lot of potential for Dracaris in melee as well. Yeah, all over and the place. Dr- and Dracaris in melee is uh, it's a fantastic card. Oh, it's great fun. Oh, I I I once got my balance Dracaris twice, I think. <laughs> Heartbreaking. That, that, that was heartbreaking, and then I stopped playing Greyjoy in melee. <laughs> Like you, uh, they always keep their Dracarises for your Balan or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, what you guys, what, what, what you guys think about the Vice Trollo Lolo Lolo? Peel, do you want to uh, comment? I first? think, as you pointed out, because of the name, I'm more likely to play it than anything else. Because uh, again, I don't play Tark. Um, well, I do. It's no, not. It's it's not loyal, you know. You could just you know. Yeah, but I don't even want to ban a Targ, because everyone knows if you're going to ban a house, you ban a Tyrell, because they've got the Akonshin. Um, <laughs> or you could play... Oh, Tyrell Targ. I could do the, ta- the tease. You can yeah. play this in, um, in Banterbridge, Bill. Ba- I could yeah. play this in Banterbridge. There we go. Jobs are good. It's going in my Banterbridge deck for shits and giggles. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. With Valar and Vice. That's, a, that's like <laughs> double T and double V, and that almost sounds like TLV. Just get out of here. Just, Why the hell not? Just find double L. Yeah. Um, I I quite like it. I'm not sure I'll play it in Joust. But, I mean, Targ kills a lot. It's got targeted kill. It's got Tracaris. It's got Drogo. So you can probably trigger this a reasonable amount. But in melee, it's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. But it is important to note that you put the power on the location. So it can be a bit safer than your house card if it's early in the game. And yeah. um, but then again, of course, don't bank on it because it's just going to get blown up by a newly made lord or uh, or we do not so in the wrong matchup. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, cool design. I like that it rewards you more for doing house for doing things. What, what, yeah, 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 house things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you put it on the arbor? Power. I mean, can you put the power on the arbor? No, no, no. It's got to go oh, on base you... to Laura. Yeah, Trollololo. Trollololo. Well, yeah. I think I, I think that it might do something in Joust. I mean, it's it's like the it could be the little bit of power grab that Targaryen might need sometimes. Mm. I don't it's, know. it's not that it's bad. It's just that would I rather play something else? Oh, you know, like very, if it's card slots, yeah. Yeah, but it's very set of friendly. Oh, it is. That is true. Yeah. Like. This edition, like one cost locations, give me more, please. And of course, with Valor, locations are better than they were two weeks ago, so uh, maybe I'll give it a go. I'll, yeah. I'll slot one into my crossing deck if I give that another spin, see what happens. Ooh. Crossing, I'd definitely use that. Mm. Mm. Extra challenges, more power, lovely. Yeah, sounds, okay. sounds, sounds like fun. Yeah. Alright then, uh, so we've been asking everyone this before they go, uh, but if you, obviously you've told us that this is one of the most Christmassy cards of all. Uh, if you were going to rate it between 1 and 12, how Christmassy is it? Out of the um, chapter pack or out of the... Just in general, card? between 1 in and general. 12, where 12 is the most Christmassy it can be, like, you know, it is Santa himself, or 1 or where Valor. it's just not. Yeah, exactly. Or it's just not Christmassy at all, which would be a 1 or a 0. Uh, it's, it's 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 a strong eight or nine for me, I think. Okay, sure. So uh, if it's nine, uh, what would be the Christmas movie that Vase Toloro was, Peel? 
at nine. The Christmas movie that Veltalores would be at nine is. Can I have like a drum roll or something as well? Yep. Can you hear that? Love actually. Love actually. Love actually. Only, only nine. I, that, that's one of my well, favourite Christmas movies. It's awesome. Can't believe that. Actually, Love Actually is is the one move, the, the one Christmas movie that I, I, I actually I think I've watched in the past like couple of years. So yeah, that might be it. Fantastic. Relevant, yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves it, Actually, just knew uh, that. And let's not let's not forget. I, I mean, obviously, it's not an art by our my favorite artist Tomasz Indrusek, but mm. let's not forget the. The the Yokubas Uogintos Uogintas whatever how, however you spell it <laughs> who who painted the picture it's it's pretty lovely it is it, nice it has it? It, it has this deserty feel right feel I would say so. well uh, thank you for joining us Jemiel it was a pleasure thank you for having me it was a pleasure uh, one more thing when, when am I seeing you guys next is it Bulgaria or uh, Madrid or wh- or, or, or Paris, or Netherlands, or where? Oh my god, that's a lot of places. Um, more than likely for me, it will either be in the UK or Netherlands. They're the two options for me, if I can afford the Netherlands, but it will be a, a very kind of last-minute thing if I did it. I'm looking at Madrid this year as my first one. Oh, So I've not nice. been to Madrid before, so uh, yeah. we'll see. I'm already confirmed for Bulgaria, Madrid, and I'll, I'll surely be uh, in the Netherlands. Hope to get to Paris. But see you in Birmingham, though. Oh, yeah. Birmingham. We'll be at Birmingham. Yes. And, of course, I will see you at Fracastra. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> Definitely hope so. Because, you know, Dave, you owe us one. <laughs> I do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> one Fracast. And, Peel, you need to experience that. All right, guys. Thank you for having me again. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Kisses. All right, then. Now we're joined by Mage. Say hello, Mage. Hello there. And what card have you got for us today? What card have I got? I have got Without His Beard. It's a Lannister event. It costs zero, and it has the reaction. After you win an intrigue challenge, discard up to three cards at random from the losing opponent's hand. Then that player draws two cards. Ooh, and what do you think to this card? It's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> Why is it rubbish? It's absolutely rubbish. Uh, it it would be fun if the uh, milling deck was any good. You know, just keep pillaging and without his bearding to uh, do that every turn and hopefully win by the opponent running out of cards. But apart from that, useless. You're you're getting rid of three and they're only gaining two. That's good, right? It's like a whole extra claim. Yeah. How many, how many people have three cards in their hand? Before, oh, I never got yeah. hand. Before injury claim anyway. It's, no, bad, bad card. <laughs> but, but it is a Christmassy card. Why is that? It's, it's got a big uh, Santa beard on it. And, you know, if Santa, if Father Christmas didn't have a beard... Like this card, Christmas would be rubbish. This is true. Do you think that Shagger... Why is Shagger taking that beard? Does he want it for himself? Probably because there's a, a competition of who gets to be Santa 
amongst the people of Westeros and Shagger wants it because he, his name begins with S and ends in A and Pycelle's <laughs> like but I've got this big beard and Shagger's like not for long <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had clarified that in the books that would have made a lot more sense yeah. rather than just uh, Tyrion being a prick <laughs> Shagger needs the beard <laughs> That, uh, that's the only logical explanation for that art. Who did the art? Nicholas Iglesias. Uh, I wonder if he's any relative of Enrique. <laughs> Iglesias. Almost <laughs> the same, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so foreign sounding name. They're all the same. <laughs> Deary me. Now, if we can't be a bit xenophobic at Christmas time, when can we be xenophobic? <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to just do like a chart there um, with England's most favourite hated country, but I decided it's a bad idea because I love one of them. <laughs> so I, I withdrew. Like, no, I love at least one person from that country. I can't say anything bad against them. Uh, <laughs> you love Vince. <laughs> <laughs> that way I didn't say it. What? Um, <laughs> anyway, um... So what is your rating out of 12, then, Mage, for, for the amount of Christmas joy that this brings you? The amount of Christmas joy this particular scene brings me. It reminds me of uh, family gatherings, really, where we all shave each other. So I'm going to give it a 8 out of 12 for Christmassy joy. 8 out of 12. That is the third 8 out of 12 that has come in tonight, which is making it very hard for me to select films. So for 8 out of 12, we are going to go with something a little bit you know, lower down than I'd like to put it, but I'm running out of suggestions and it's got to that time of the evening. I am going to go with Jingle. Are you ready? Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I like it. Because it's you, mate. You, you get that. So it, if this was going to be, if, if if this was a Christmas movie, it would be Jingle All the Way. It would be, because as Major said, it's a, it's a family, enjoyable thing. And all Arnie wants to do is get a toy action figure for his son and ends up becoming the action superhero that his son wanted him to be. Mm. I did see someone on Twitter earlier say, Last Action Hero is a better film title for Jingle All The Way than it is for Last Action Hero. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a little bit true. That, that's... <laughs> That's some patter theft, though. I didn't come up with that. That was someone on Twitter. Just, you know. I'm Don't glad that you reference your jokes. Sixty yeah. percent of our content is copied off Twitter, so I wouldn't worry about it. Too much. Uh, is it? <laughs> like seventy-two percent of statistics are all made up, Dave. Ah, of course. Okay, all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, then, Mage. No problem. Thanks for, for opening me. our eyes about Shagger and his uh, his jealous Shagger. tendencies. His jealousy, yeah. Uh, yeah, hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and, and you. Merry Christmas to all the Banter Behind the Throne listeners. Oh, thank you, Mage. Oh, Mage. Merry Christmas to you and to you a good night. It's Banter Behind the Throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is part two of episode 60. Uh, today I'm joined by Lol. Hello, Lol. Hello. It's really odd not hearing you say Craven. I don't know why. Yeah, that was weird. It was strange, but we'll go with it. Oh, well. Um, and we've got two guests at once this time, a double whammy. We've got Caitlin. Say hello, Caitlin. Hello. 
and Sweeney. Say hello, Sweeney. Hello, Sweeney. Ah, lovely. Um, so, carrying on from where we left off, uh, Sweeney, we've not had you on before. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, how long you've been playing, that kind of thing, and then uh, if you could read us your card, tell us if it's any good or not, please. Okay. So, my name is Chris Sweeney. Um, I'm from Middlesbrough, which is arguably one of the best matters in the UK because we do absolutely terrible. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have any wins under my belt whatsoever. I'm probably one of the worst people at this card game. Um, <laughs> I'm normally, normally if I can be, I will be drunk just to kind of manage the depression. Uh, and I'm up for any kind of junk in any way, shape or form. And that's me. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> so what card have you got for us today? So my card is Jacques and Agar. Um, do you want me to read out all the stats and everything on it? Yep. Okay, so he's a 7 cost neutral character. He has a military intrigue and power icon at strength 5. He has the ally trait. And he has a reaction. After Jacques and Hagar enters play, place a Valamagos token on up to three different unique characters. If Jacques and Hagar leaves play, discard those tokens from play. He also has another reaction. After you win a challenge in which Jacques and Hagar is attacking alone, choose and kill a character with a Valamagos token. Uh, but is he any good? Um, well, he's, he's not exactly as good as the first edition, Jacken. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he Do you want to uh, enlighten people as to what that monstrosity was? Oh, that... Just, 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 his, uh, just his ability is fine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his ability. You just want to know his ability. Um, so, yeah. his ability was, after he got arrived, he could discard a power to give him any keyword until the end of the phase. Um, and... It was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, like, what a card. Like, I'm sure some sad bastard created a whole Voltron deck about him, I think. <laughs> I think two, and how did they do I with it? I think two of us might have done, actually. <laughs> we went 7-1, actually, at Stalic last year. 7-1. Uh, seven, 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 seven losses and one win, yeah. It was uh, great. <laughs> but the one, the one win was against Martel, no agenda, Quinton, which was... Probably my, the best match I've ever played in my entire life, so, yeah. yeah. Was that against Caitlin? Uh, it was not. He wouldn't have won, oh. would he? <laughs> That's all right, then. <laughs> I was like, she was definitely playing that. <laughs> yeah, she was, but unfortunately, she just managed to dodge me in the Swiss, I think, so, yeah. That's all right. Direct cap. Okay, so, so this Caitlin, this, uh, sorry, not this Caitlin, this Jacken, <laughs> your other love, um, is it any good? Um, I haven't built a deck with him in yet, and I'm ashamed to say that, but... I think he could potentially be good. Um, I haven't come across anyone playing Dissension yet anyway, so it's like, well, no one's going to discard the ally. But, I don't know. Um, I want him to be good, and I really, really want him to be good. And to be honest, I just think he's on like 10 out of 10, and I would play him in every deck. So, yeah. I, be I believe he can be good. Of course, we remember who's coming out in the next pack. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about that though, Dave, are we? We're just talking about how good Jack and Hagar is and how good he's constantly going to be. We don't care about who's coming out in the next pack. But this is very true. This is very true. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just going to have to say, I don't know who's coming out in the next pack. Who's coming out? Are you a Martel player at all? Like, who, who are you? Who reads the cards? I do. <laughs> It's uh, Aris Oakheart is in either the next pack or the pack after. Okay, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Play Jackin. Play Jackin. 
<laughs> yeah, but you have to pay for your response this time. So. Oh, we do. It's so sad. <laughs> okay, so uh, obviously you, you Voltroned jacket in first edition. I did. Have you got any uh, ideas on how to get the most out of this jacket? Well, I was thinking about it, but it doesn't have every house affiliation, so how am I supposed to give him attachments? Like, what, what, kind, of, what kind of cool, funky attachments can I give him that make him incredibly insane? Um, are there, apart from the icon attachments, I can't think of any attachments. Yeah, this, this is, no, no, this is, oh, attachments on them. <laughs> no, I can remove, no, no, I get an icon removal attachments, like, they can just go suck a dick or something, I don't know, but, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I, I think it's going to take some work, really. I don't know, I really don't know what I'm going to do with him, but believe me, there will be a Voltron deck. And it will take UK National Championships this year. It will. Yeah? Yeah, it will. I'll see you in the final, Dave. I'll <laughs> actually. I'll just see you guys in the final. Sounds good to I'll me. Claim. <laughs> okay. Um, any further comments on Jackin from anybody? Uh, no, not from me. No. I, I quite like him, but uh, the ally... Eh... Um, if you if they treachery that reaction when he comes into play, that is just the worst treachery in the game. I think that, that's why you play three hands judgment, Dave. You're gonna you're always gonna see a hands judgment, aren't you? Yeah, this is true. You've got a protective Ultron, son. You've got a protective <laughs> Ultron, and if it doesn't work, then you've got a backup Master Amon, haven't you? That, that, let's be honest. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. An idea is forming in my head, actually. Um, <laughs> But um, Sweeney's got the right of it when he says that he's, he seriously suffers from not having all the affiliations because at the moment he's got no affiliation and a completely wank trait, so nothing of use goes on him. Yet. Yeah, it, it's really, really hard to get any kind of use out of it. Um, unless it looks, it looks to me like a, a win more card, if, if anything. It doesn't look like it's going to change the game alone. It's a cool effect, but like you said, Dave, if it gets treachery, then you, you, you just. You've just wasted seven costs for an ally that could potentially be discarded and you can't do a single thing about it. So, quite sad. Hmm. Do you think uh, Dissension will see more play because of this? Well, if anyone's played Dissension against me, it's probably an auto-win, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't know if it, he will trigger more people playing Dissension because, like, how many people play Dissension now anyway? I haven't. I certainly haven't come across it. No. Someone on the world stream played it. Did they? Yeah, and it was brutal because they got rid of a reducer, um, and it allowed them to wipe the board basically. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, other than that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about useful scenarios here. Information <laughs> or whatever. Let's just forget that. You could put a pointed on him to give him the small council trait. Yeah. Green dreams. Yeah. Yeah. You can also put milk. That's a nice one. Yeah, milk fits him. Now you could put Red God's blessing on him. Ah, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. That, 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 this, this is what I mean, though. It doesn't give me any like claim three or anything, does it? No. If you want to buff him up to be super strong, the only things you're going to do it with are Red God's blessing and uh, knighted. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the warhammer, but why the fuck would you want to do that? Yeah, why, why, why would you do that? If you knight him, can you give him Mare and Heat? Mm -hmm. You could, yeah. So that's something. Oh, this this is building up now. 
There you go. Oh, it's Tyrell. Raffian, Tyrell, Jack, Ultron. Let's <laughs> fucking go. Let's do this. Okay. All right, then. So, uh, you've talked about how potentially good Jack can be, but how Christmassy is he? I've been looking at this card for a while. Um, the only Christmassy thing I can kind of think about it is it looks like, you know, every Christmas you get all the Santas that you see about and they'll be in in the little uh, huts or whatever, or you'll see them on the street with a bell. They, they, Jacken kind of looks like, and the people in the, in the background, it looks like the people that have been rejected from the Santa applications. They've <laughs> <laughs> just been locked away and like, okay, guys, you're probably never going to be a Santa, so we're just going to lock you away and send you away now. Um, but, I mean, Jacken did try a little bit. I mean, he's got red hair and white hair. I, I think he's tried to go for the Christmas vibe, so... Interesting. Uh, okay. I think it's brandy in his in his mug. Oh, Someone's left out. Yeah, it's definitely brandy in his mug, Dave. Why why would we question that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you were to rate Jacken on his Christmasiness from one to twelve, where one is a rather disappointing partridge in a pear tree, and twelve is twelve glorious, I've forgotten again. Drummers drumming. Uh, what would he be? How good would Jacken be on a one to twelve scale? Uh, that's pretty hard, actually. Uh, I'd say... In Christmasiness, of course. In Christmasiness. Five gold rings, maybe? Five gold rings. Five okay. So, if... Well, that's what that's meth what addicts. Santas look like, though, don't it? All reject Santas just look like meth addicts. It's, it's very true. Some of them get through. I don't know how. It's like he's going to sumo with a really shit Santa cosplay. Oh my god, I knew I'd, realize, I knew I'd seen this before. This is definitely what it is. Wex has told me a lot about these people like getting to sumo every Friday night. <laughs> uh, go on then, Craven. If, um, if Jacken was a Christmas film, which film would he be? Well, based on the fact he looks a bit odd, and it's sort of more background dressing, um, and there's a bit of a crackhead theme going on, <laughs> I would say he represents um, the lesser-known Christmas film of Batman Returns. <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, could you uh, talk us through why Batman is Batman Returns set at Christmas? I forget this. It is. Oh well, there we go then. <laughs> Another one to add to the rotation. Yeah. Fantastic film choice. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Go on then, uh, Caitlin. What what have you brought for us today? So I have a event zero cost burning on the sand, which is loyal. And has a reaction of, after you lose an unopposed challenge, set the claim value on the winning opponent's revealed plot card to zero until the end of the challenge. Mm. And is it any good? Well, uh, yeah, but I've got a bit of mixed feelings on this one. I, I'm absolutely ecstatic that it's loyal. But zero cost easily cancelable uh and you have it has to be an unopposed challenge so i mean losing any kind of challenge with the bone way out yeah fine cool we're claiming power and we're yeah we're stopping the the claim go through but i don't know i don't think they needed to make it that i think it would have been a much more valuable card if you could oppose it and still reduce the claim I think the main problem is that it's just not as good as Jack and Hagar, is it? That's, no, the that's... main problem is it's not as good as burning on the sand, the proper burning on the sand. <laughs> you two, but we brought you in and you two have chosen, you know, 
iconic first edition cards that you both loved. Yeah. And we're just breaking your hearts by making you talk about these. <laughs> Don't worry, the main it's, it's fantastic. It's going to be next year when we put up the Christmas tree and decide that Jacques and Nagar is going on the Christmas Jacques tree. Jacques and not going on the Christmas tree. It's the Viper. <laughs> He's on the Christmas tree at the moment, isn't he? He's staying yeah. there. He is <laughs> because I had a little bit of a soft spot for the Viper, you know. Get stuff, spoilers, but, you know. I've I mean, got no sympathy for either of you because I had to live through the reprint of White Raven, so... Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So uh, I played um, a nonsense character light deck that Rowan sent me, uh, and that ran Burning on the Sands when it was spoiled. Um, but it also ran Haunted Forest, which means you can't have another post challenge exactly when you want to. Oh, fucking hell, Rowan. Uh, Haunted Forest lost me the game because uh, my Varus got murdered, and I was sad. Yeah, but... So yeah, all I needed to do was uh, let that unopposed military challenge through and then save my Varus from dying to claim. But no, I couldn't let it unopposed. So he just died. <laughs> the thing is, like, are you going to run Burning on the Sand over Vengeance for Elia? Because the good thing about that is, yeah, it's costing you two gold, but if they're going to hand judgment it, that's their put to the sword money down the drain, hopefully. So it's usually a win-win. Yeah, certainly a much bigger investment. But so I think this is more of a uh, a one of two of kind of card. You wouldn't run this in triplicate like you might my vengeance. Uh, but I could still see myself playing it. It depends. If you bring the princess plans back out, I can see this happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get that little combo back on the go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then you don't have gold for red vengeance because um, you got to spend the four gold on princess plans. <laughs> True. Oh, no, we, we must stop. Three gold and play Xhaka, and I don't know about you, but I know what I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another gold for his um, knighted, and two gold for Meron Heat. That's an expensive combo. Well, I mean... That's a whole Pentoshi turn. Well, that's what trading the Pentoshi's for, right, Dave? That's why they put ten gold on trading the Pentoshi, because the thought <laughs> going to need knighted and the Meron Heat to... <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. And I mean, yeah, and you've got Marjorie in that deck and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can see it. I can see that. I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how Christmassy is Burning on the Sands then, Caitlin? Like, are you kidding me? It is the complete opposite of Christmas. Dehydrated, <laughs> dying in a desert. It's Isn't that what... That's what I do, like, every Christmas morning when I wake up after being in the pub. That's what Christmas... I've not been sober on Christmas morning for, like, ten years. So that's what I look like. So it's super Christmassy for me. I can see that. Do you know what? I've never, ever been drunk on Christmas Eve. Oh, it's, it's the dream. It's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to have to get on that this year. Yeah, Maybe. And maybe burning on the sun will hold a special Christmassy vibe for me. But for now, what would you rate it between 1 and 12? Zero. Zero? Ooh. Yeah. So that's our worst so far. Ouch. Hmm. And go on then, Craven. Sort us out. Oh, I don't really know. That's, that's quite low. Um... The worst Christmas film in history. What is it? Oh. Worst Christmas film. Um, well, I suppose it's not okay. 
this this counts as a Christmas film, but you wouldn't actually find it festive or enjoyable in any way. But it's the the lesser known 1974 horror film Black Christmas. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, have you seen that, or have you got a list of films? Uh, I've seen a version of it, but I've I've actually got a list of films up here because I was struggling for one which was so shittily, like in terms of being a Christmas film. But um, it is about like a, a serial killer living in the loft, I think, who dresses as Father Christmas. So yeah, that kind of represents burning on the sand for most people. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. No problem. Thank you. Right now we're joined by uh, Keb. Keb, hello. Hello there. What have you got for us today? I have brought to you the haunted forest. Ooh. So it's a night watch, non non loyal, uh, cost two, location, the north. While the haunted forest is standing, it contributes one strength to your side during any challenge in which you are the defending player. Forced reaction after you lose a challenge, kneel the haunted forest. Ah what you just said, Dave, now makes sense. Yes. Yes. What did Dave say? Well, Dave was lamenting how um, the haunted forest fucked up his burning on the sand um, and ended up with his Varus dying. And now I know why. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds, uh, sounds rough. It does uh, kneel after you lose a challenge as an attacker. So this is very strictly a defensive card. Mm. Um, but honestly, I think this card is fantastic. It's making me want to play Barra Watch again. Quite, quite <laughs> oh, it's glorious because you can just kneel everything that you don't think you can defend, and then you can just defend everything else. I mean, this card is, is absolutely fantastic. I first saw it when I was um, doing a draft tournament in uh, Dave's living room. And I remember thinking, as I saw it in the, the 10 cards I drew, I thought, bloody hell, that's great. And I ended up winning that tournament, didn't I? Yes, um, you did. <laughs> yeah. With and my Nightless Watch Greyjoy monstrosity that was simultaneously designed to sneak past you and defend you. I don't know. I don't know why it won. Rowan should have won because um, <laughs> he at least built a deck which made sense. You don't hear that very often. No, I know. I think it was Targaryen Martell, if I remember right, or Targaryen Sun. Um, you'll have to double check with uh, with him, but it's good fun. Rowan yeah. is Rowan's really good at draft. Like he's, yeah, he's, sick as well. yeah, he's just you, you can't keep him concentrated on real decks long enough for him to build proper decks and constructed. I will point out to you that you are speaking to the Blackwater Draft champion right now. Oh, are we? Of course. Yeah, I won. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Final. With your yeah. uh, Brendan's Guile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're a Brendan's Guile into another Brendan's Guile, and then into Cat to defend the challenge. <laughs> it was. Hey. I love, I fucking love those Tully decks. Um, that was basically, that's how I used to win draft in first dead. Just draft a Tully deck and it'd be fine. It, it was. Like, <laughs> that works. That's a good strategy. There's so many so Tullys. Every time I'd draw my first ten cards, it'd be like, Ebia, all right, here we go. <laughs> Red Fortnite, uh, go on then. Fantastic. They were the ones that had the search effect, weren't they, where it didn't matter what you searched for in your deck, they fulfilled any criteria. Yeah. Search for a maester, go and get a Warcrest army, lovely. Search for an event, got these guys, perfect. Yep. Ah. Okay, so uh, 
Aside from Haunted Forest fucking me over, has anyone has anyone played with it yet? Other than that, I haven't seen it before. And the draft, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. It gives me the shivers as a Greyjoy player because forget the interaction with the wall, which does turn off a lot of current Greyjoy tech just by being around. So that's pretty horrid. The Asher dies in the Haunted Forest, right? Who? Asher. She dies in Haunted Forest? Yeah, well, no, not in the series. I'm talking about, like, you know, her stealth to uh, avoid somebody. If it's unopposed, she stands again. Oh, I see. I thought, whoa, massive spoiler there. I thought, what's like, I, has the new book come out and nobody's told me? Yeah. <laughs> I know I've been busy, but fuck. But, I mean, it makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, no, you're right. right? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. It's not a very horrible project. I played against Night's Watch in a tournament last week, and... Um, it was it was painful playing against three copies of Haunted Forest because it does stack. Um, and I was just like, all right, if I can just uh, do this, I can put whatever to the sword. Oh, no, I can't because the Haunted Forest is still there. Uh, it was it was really painful to push challenges through. Um, and I lost, so fuck you, Haunted Forest. I, I don't like it. Well, I do. I, it's really good, but I'm not going to enjoy just- playing against it. Greyjoy has got that character that can kneel locations, hasn't it? The shipwright, is it? The shipsman? Yes, That's right, yeah, the Lord's Port shipwright, yeah. Yeah. So they've got that, I guess, which is kind of defend against it. And obviously, um, newly made Lord. That's yeah. That, isn't it? <clears throat> um, and Dagmar Clefjaw could probably have it as well, if you wanted to play him. Nice. Yeah, stealing it. I like it. Mm. Much better than kneeling maybe, it. Maybe it's Dagmar's time to shine. But it probably isn't. No. <laughs> I want him to be good. But he won't be. He, he will be happy. one day. He's so pleased with himself, isn't he? He's chuffed a bit. <laughs> he must know something we don't then. Well, he's probably pleased because it's Christmas. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course. And he's got a big white beard. Maybe that's what he's off to do. <laughs> so uh, how Christmassy is Haunted Forest, Kev? It's got snow on it. Is is that very Christmassy? How Christmassy is that? Is there anything else to do with it? Um, I tell you what, I didn't think ghosts were very Christmassy. Talking of a haunted forest, but I got a Christmas cracker joke the other day, which made me sort of reconsider. I can't really understand the joke, so I might need to ask you guys for help. But it said, "Why do ghosts live in the refrigerator?" Oh, and then why? Because it's cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it why are you laughing what's the joke because we, had, we literally had an argument about it at the dinner table because we couldn't figure it out because the fridge is cool as in it's cold and yeah. because it's a cool place to live because it's hip so you why know, ghosts it's cool oh why ghosts yeah oh I don't know that no <laughs> I didn't think about the ghost <laughs> I mean, why, why does Santa live in the fridge? Because it's cool. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, it becomes less of a joke and more of like a general knowledge question, though, doesn't it? I don't know. That's, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, so if anyone who's listening has an answer, perhaps they could help, because it's it's genuinely tearing my, me and my colleagues apart. <laughs> that is a weird one. I don't get that at all. No. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess if that is a Christmas joke, um, the haunted forest is cool and Christmassy. 
four out of ten for Christmas. Snow, little red flecks, and, and red is a Christmas colour. Ghosts. Uh, well, sadly, uh, we're actually rating out of twelve today, oh. which is I was getting on to. Well, what what would you give out of twelve? Um, nine and a half. From four out of ten to nine and a half out of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. Okay, we can work with that. Craven, if Haunted Forest was a Christmas film, what would it be? It would be The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh. Hey, no, wait, no, it wouldn't. It would be, um, surely it would be uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. This isn't your what? game, Kev. <laughs> this is Craven's game. Purely for the, the ghosts element I was going for here. Whereas Nightmare Before Christmas is more... I don't know, they're, they're, they're the undead, aren't they? Like the proper undead, not just kind of ghosts. Yeah, they're like a devilly kind of weird. Okay, yeah. I'll let you play the game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted your game. Carry oh, you're on. Fine. You're fine. It's it's a, yeah, everyone can get involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, white walkers are undead, right? Stop <laughs> taking hints from Whammer. We can hear him. <laughs> You've had <laughs> your turn, Whammer. <laughs> I'm like his puppet. He's got his hand up my ass just like make my mouth move. <laughs> And we don't actually know if white walkers are undead. They make the undead, but... Very true. They're two different things, aren't they? There's like the, the undead that sort of hang out with them, and then there's the white walkers. <laughs> Who knows? It's a, it's a mystery. Mama, do you know? He says no. <laughs> Shame. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Mama. Uh, <laughs> I'd quite like a uh, an old art version with, like, Jacob Marley walking around, if that's going to be our Christmas theme. Michael Caine belting out a solo over a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then, Keb, uh, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, now we have uh, Helen and Tony. Tony, say hello. Hello, Tony. Yeah, we've had Tony before. You all know him. And uh, Helen, say hello and introduce yourself. Hello. Um, I'm Helen, also... Uh... I do, a.k.a. Janky Susan. That probably doesn't mean anything for anyone. It doesn't mean anything at all. No. Okay. Janky Susan? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Okay. It's a particularly <laughs> weird brothel, madam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit lopsided. But, um, but uh, yeah, that's what I had on my T-shirt this year at Starlake for the Scotland T-shirt. But, um, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm an elitist first edition player. Really? Constantly moaning about how terrible version 2 is. Um, <laughs> And how restricted I am on my creativity. <laughs> so, that's me. Fair, fair. Um, and what card have you got with it for us today? Um, so I've gone for the King Beyond the Wall. Um, so, it, which, so firstly, I'm a little bit sad because it did later occur to me that, that the, the red blessing thing is more Christmassy. But this is quite Christmassy because it's a king hat. All king hats are Christmassy. Sure. Um, so as in that you get them in crackers and and also that there were three kings at the at the baby jesus event that, that's very true and of course uh mance as he is martyred well almost martyred he's captured uh there is a, a baby being born yeah so he's pretty much the most the most christmasy he's all yeah. about sheds and stables and even birth outdoors and stuff like that. kind of looks a bit jesusy in the picture doesn't he he also looks a bit like Hamilton, but... Oh. <laughs> I, never, I never made these connections before, but Mance is our Lord and Saviour. I never realised. The wildlings themselves are very, very festive. 
He's also got fingerless gloves. That's Christmassy because that's in all the Dickens things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Do you know any Dickens novels except for A Christmas Carol? Because yeah. I don't think they're all set at Christmas. Yeah, they are. They're literally all set at Christmas. She's got five Dickens novels now, all of Christmas Carol. Jemima (laughs) and, like, in her fingerless gloves, and uh, they will, yeah, they will have that sort of name of Mr. Potter's bum and his lovely daughters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they're not actually set at Christmas, they could easily be in the run-up to. They're literally all set at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) What a jolly old man Mr. Dickens was. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I've been trying to build a date with this, and, um... Do you, do you want to tell us what it is, first? The car. So, sorry, You've got to assume the peel's here, That's even though he's right. not. Right, so the king beyond the wall, the, um, the attached character, who must be a wildling, gains the king trait, and while he's attacking a player with a higher power than you, raising the claim on your revealed plot by one. So, he's also a redistribution of wealth, which seems kind of Christmassy as well. And communist, yeah. A little bit communist, a little bit Robin Hood. Using greater, a little bit um, Tai Chi, using greater power against itself. And everyone knows <laughs> Christmassy Tai Chi is. It's inherently your favourite best of card of the pack, isn't it? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so, um, and it's a bit Scottish. Oh, it's very it? Scottish. Oh, because it's wildlings and beards and... Almost and Scottish as the two of you. Lots of, and, and any random claiming to be king. Is it because the Scots are always attacking a player with higher power than <laughs> I mean, yeah. No comment. But it's, it's a little bit disappointing as an actual card. But... Yeah. So you don't think it's any good? Well, I've just built a, several terrible decks around here. Um, they're trying to do it on uh, uh, Voltron uh, Osher. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't have to kneel with Mace, make a king of the north as well and all that kind of thing. But... Um, and I tried to do it out of um, Bitter Bridge so I could run it with High Septon. Um, <laughs> wow. Was you having a game of Let's Make the Worst Deck Ever? <laughs> well, I do. Hence my name. Titty <laughs> Deck Susan. Um, but, yeah, so it's... No, it's terrible. I've tried it with... Um, I tried it out of uh, Martel as well, Bannering Martel with Osher to fail... <laughs> Lots of things to... Oh, this is the thing I did with Bitterbridge, so you could... I don't know why I was worried, but I thought, well, I need to make sure I have less power than someone else. Not which has never, ever been a problem for any of my decks. So, so, I don't know why I thought that was a thing, but I thought, okay, so I best run it with bouncing in um, pyromancers with Ariane. <laughs> to be sure. But yeah, it's, no, it's definitely terrible. What have pyromancers got to do with this? They take power off, so that it works. All right. Just so in you... case you're actually doing well with your bullshit. Just in case you're <laughs> accidentally doing well, in which case you don't need yeah. the card at all. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's on face value, it seems like exactly the sort of card that would appeal to me is do some bullshit because you're not doing very well. It's then, right up my street. But in practice, it's shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that the, the wildlings that see play can't hold it. Oh, the wildlings yeah. are boring. This yeah. is what's we're very upset again. See, straight into version two mode now. But here we go. Version one had some fun stuff with wildlings. With well, we haven't got skin any skin changer and yeah. and what's it? And it's Orel the eagle. Orel the eagle. What a Yeah. And I had a lovely joust deck built around that. Yeah, he was he was lovely. 
suddenly just can't defend anything. <laughs> well, you've got to presume they're coming, right? The only unique wildlings are coming from the point of view of where the chapter packs are and where they are in the books. How many of them prize cards? As you hit kind of the third book, isn't that kind of where all the wildlings start kind of coming up? And Yeah, yeah so- the named ones turn up around then. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, oh, we've got to see Oral V Eagle again at least because he was so good. Yeah, yeah really. It's- I mean, Igrit's um, got to be due pretty soon in some form. Yeah, of course. Make her a king. Yeah, because she turns up at the end of the second book, so really she should be uh, right about now, before he meets Mance. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and my favourite character in the show, uh, Tormund, he's got to be due soon. I've got a bit of a crush on Tormund. (laughs) Who hasn't? Yeah. (laughs) I always thought Tormund should be in Mastodon, the band, but then they actually got Mastodon (laughs) to be in Game of Thrones, so they kind of fixed it. And they'd be all, but it was very difficult to tell them apart. Oh, yeah, they yeah. just looked like all the other dead wildlings that were walking around Hardhome. But, you know, it was, it was the thought that counts. We need a decent Mag the Mighty, you know. Oh, he's quite panto, actually, as well, Torvond. In, like, the last episode when he's like, um, when he's all, like, what the hell is that about Brienne? Just like, wah. Like, that's all quite panto Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like, he's, he's on the <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Four. Rubbing With- his knees like Vic yeah. Reeves. But St. James and he's a like that. Yeah. He's enormous. Yeah. So we need new wildlings. We need yeah. new and better you Sexy need wildlings for that. Dirty face wildlings as well. They're not they're all too clean. Mm. Who's the artist on this one? You can't see from Joshua Kairos. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. you can get it signed at Starlack. That's what we want. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame it hasn't got renown. That would make it much better. Yeah. Give the renown nothing... as well. Yeah. It's a shame it can't just make someone wildling king without them being a wildling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be yeah, much, true. much better if it didn't have that qualifier. Or if it was, like, free. Because, actually, that's, that's quite nedly in a way, because the person who is the king of the wildlings isn't actually a wildling, is he? He's <laughs> a, a Night's Watch person who's decided to become one. So anyone could become the king of the wildlings. So that's, yeah, that's a good point. In it fairness, should be on there. Mance was born beyond the wall. He was adopted <laughs> into the watch. But then the wildlings don't call themselves wildlings, do they? They call themselves free folk. So there's a, there's a different term. Yeah. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So the, hang on, the free folk, this is like the PC term. Oh. So basically, yeah, as opposed is. to yeah. like the oppressed wildlings. Yeah. So it's a kind of Native American Indian kind of awkward thing. Yeah, you can't call them wildlings anymore. You have to call them free folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They can call each other wildlings. <laughs> yeah, you have to call them the so-called free folk. Yeah, so, they, so if they're rapping, they'll use wildling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't use the double yeah, yeah. word on the street if you're not a wildling yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah in polite conversation, you know those people, the, um, the, yeah, the, the, the W word. Yeah, the W yeah. word, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tricksy looks... Okay, so uh, so oh, yeah. uh, wasted potential. Yeah. And this. it doesn't go very well on a school um, wife. And it's, <laughs> and it's not worth copying your own like army, it's wildling copying, army. It's not worth fortifying positioning your own wildling horde and then popping them and then sticking this on one of them so that No, it's been investigated no. <laughs> and it can be qualified scientifically as not worth it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> four card board to get one extra power. So, and Osha is quite fun with it, but you have to do so much to try and protect her from everything. That or it's... snow and all of that. Yeah. So yeah, essentially it could be more fun than it is. As it is, it's just really, really expensive and not viable. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. 
So uh, you've already told us how Christmassy it is, which is pretty Christmassy. But if you were going to rate it out of 12 for how Christmassy it was, where 1 would be not very Christmassy and 12 is really, really, really Christmassy, uh, what would it be? I think a good 10. It's got fingerless gloves, man. (laughs) Straight out of a Dickens with uh, 10. Craven, if King Beyond the Wall was a Christmas film, what film would it be? It would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. (laughs) <laughs> Could I ask justification for that, please? Oh, well, because the vacation means you're going somewhere. You're going beyond the wall. It's, it's not where you normally hang out, is it? Fair. OK, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Although it's a real shame that you've already said Muppets Christmas Carol with all that Dickensian talk. I know. I, I, I spent my Dickensian um, juices too soon, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for the best of us, mate. <laughs> yeah. One of those things as you get older. Fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll skip that part and uh, go on to Tony, your card. What have you got okay. for us? I have the wonderful, um, beautiful, and uh, not at all too young Elia Sand, or Elia Sand, if anyone, how you want to pronounce it. She is obviously a Martel uh, bastard sand snake. She is non loyal. She is a three cost, three strength, intrigue icon only uh, little girl with a weird beard. Not, that's not her beard, that's her hair. <laughs> that's the FFG watermark. Anyway, she has a reaction which is uh, as atypical a Martel card as you can imagine. Uh, reaction, after you lose a challenge, choose a character, any character. You, uh, and presumably a character on the other side yep. as well. Realise what an amusing, Martel, uh, amusing melee card this could be. So <laughs> after you lose a challenge, choose a character. Until the end of the phase, that character gains stealth limit twice a phase. Uh, yeah, lovely. It's lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely little card. I think it's quite... I was, was going to say it's kind of perfectly costed because I think people would moan it was too expensive if it was a four, even though it would be for snowproof. Um, it's a one, if not a two, of in most Martel decks, surely. It's, it, 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 you know, it does good things when Martel blues. Um, and yeah, it's lovely. I don't think I'd bother oh, with two. Really? Not, not with Valor now. Yeah, I guess. But but she's <laughs> what's what's not to like about dishing out stealth left, right, and centre, and set up your crazy viper combo for later on. Or yeah, giving no. it to a non Martel is pretty nice. It's not just to a sand snake. Well, now you're in the position where any character. I mean, I, I know obviously this happened when Serial came out. You're in a position where any character can get stealth. Yeah, she was in my Ocean Voltron. Well, of course she was. So ask a fucking box of cards. But, um, no, I think, she's, I think she's really handy. Um, then Martel now have such a lot of after you lose a challenge, do a positive thing, which is kind of their thing all through first position. Um, be it get renown or nick an icon off someone else. It makes that first. It makes that cheeky kind of Mister Caliot challenge much more interesting. Mm. Uh, I reckon as well because yeah. I think they're going to let it through, aren't they? They're just going to let it through. You're going to get that unopposed now if it means that uh, if, well, if they defend it, then they're going to lose an icon and your guy's going to get stealth. I mean, yeah. And Boneway. And Boneway and all the other shenanigans that Martel got up to. Uh, I think it's very, very nice. It's a shame she's not got another icon, but then she is a sand snake. So I suppose she, gets, right. she gets, she benefits from Nymeria. And, and, and she's got a waistcoat. She does kind Which of have a waistcoat. Dickensian Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll Get it in there. 
It looks like she might have just been doing a wee, though. <laughs> I think it's a bird bath, right? Well, let's hope it's a bird bath. I assume. Do they have bird baths in West Westeros? Who knows? Who knows? I don't even know where she... She doesn't look like she's in lovely, sunny... In Dorn? No. She's in the woods somewhere doing a wee in a porcelain toilet that she planned in a clearing. <laughs> <laughs> this card looks like it started off as a Lord of the Rings card and halfway through it. Actually, mate, can you do a sand snake? He's like, oh, fuck. Wait, and she's been, <laughs> yeah, it does no job. Yeah. And she's been laying her eggs in the, cor- in the corner there. That's not eggs. <laughs> Isn't she's it? A, she's a like dragon it. woman. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right, mate. This is definitely a Lord of the Rings card. It's a bit, and this is a bit too wooded glade for Dorn, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Nicholas Gregory, you're starting away, drawing away. Uh, Nick, uh, any chance you can uh, do that into a, a Thrones card, mate? I mean, oh, draw, for, draw for anyone, that man. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll give her a whip. And then, is she dressed as Han Solo? It's <laughs> <laughs> well, like Han Solo um, and uh, uh, Indiana Jones hybrid with the, the Solo top half and the whip. Oh, mate. They changed his brief three times. He's like, fuck, you know, mate. As he drags in the fag, am I doing a Star Wars card or am I doing a fucking Lord of the Rings one? Actually, you're doing a Thrones. Oh, fuck, you know. Yeah, so there we go. You keep off the shoulder number on as well. You know, it didn't work right, Solo. I think it's nice. I think, oh, well, Dave, you're, a, you're much more of a Martel player than I. Uh, you, this is all right, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, I'll play And she, yeah. she edges Harmonilla that much closer to being good. Absolutely, the yeah. The more decent sand snakes we have at this cost, particularly, where you can start ambushing them in for two gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess you could argue the three, that three cost is a bit of a funny one in Martel. There's a lot of kind of half-decent, you know, three costers mm-hmm. that you're maybe going to want to play, but there's no way you wouldn't make room for one of these, at least. Yeah. Because mm. it just fits with it fits with the theme perfectly. It's exactly what you want a Martel card to do. At least um, in Martel at the moment, you don't play that... You don't play sevens in most decks. You don't play that many sixes, mm. so three gold isn't as bad as uh, for setups as it is in other houses. Like yeah, a lot right. of your important characters are five cost or lower, so mm-hmm. she's not quite as bad in that regard. I um, played against her at the weekend, and um, she caused me no end of problems um, as a great job player. Yeah, as a great job player, I'm at, yeah, and I'm at imagine- first real, real trouble this one caused, especially twice a phase, because basically, you know, I wasn't getting my third challenge through. Uh, if, you're playing, she, if you're playing crossing then Jesus yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's amazing in crossing um, mm. and she's pretty good uh, in Greyjoy's son yeah Greyjoy's yeah, Grey <laughs> son will want to, to give everything else stealth that they don't already you know, have exactly yeah. yeah this this pike and all the rest of Greyjoy wild stuff means there's no reason all you guys should just shouldn't have stealth <laughs> it's easier <laughs> to think if they just all have it it's fine <laughs> Yeah, oh, good. they've all got printed stealth. There you go. <laughs> I don't actually, with the sort of slightly murkier background, it ties in with my theory that the sand snakes are actually the cause. You're going to have to elaborate on that. <laughs> it does kind of work, but where's Jim Core or is he Harmonola? Yeah, maybe that maybe that, that works out. I don't know. Cause the, the Irish Twilsters. Mm. Boring. What year were they from, my dear? Uh, I don't know, 1890s or something? <laughs> they Dickensian. <laughs> Dickensian, Dickensian Irish pop thrills. Dickensian Irish folk band called The Cores. They all looked exactly the same. They were clones. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and were boring. They're not the same. Are you sure? Possibly. They were armed. There's more than three of them. One of them was a man. But if you armed them, <laughs> they'd become clones. 
if you arm the cores, they might become Zantites. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you give them poison and spears and whips, yeah. they might become... Essentially, they're Zantites. You can't cross a core. They will come for you. They will find you. Yeah. Anyway. The drummer's a nasty one. Um, let me go on. Let me tell them how Christmassy this okay, card is. Okay, sorry. This is a very Christmassy card. Yeah? This is... Oh, come on. Come on. I mean, brace yourselves. Brace. Oh. <laughs> the Ilias. logic, like the leaps of logic that are going to have to be taken for this explanation. I can I can feel them coming. The leaps require me. Just, just tiny little baby steps. <laughs> A challenge. Baby steps, like with baby feet. Um, after you lose a challenge, when you're down on your luck, you, as a charitable, charitable orphan girl, uh, give the give the, the the beautiful present of stealth to people. Everyone wants a Christmas, isn't it? Everyone wants stealth at Christmas. Frankincense, gold, myrrh, frankincense, stealth. stealth. <laughs> This is very true. Even though she's she's worse off than 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 you are, or, or worse off than her her uh, her fellow fellow man, fellow cards. I don't know. But she's dishing out stealth like nobody's business. She's she's, she's a charitable a charitable giving bastard. Giving out giving what's for you know. It's weak. It's not weak. It's weak. Everyone weak. loves a bit stealth at Christmas. <laughs> this is true. I do it's love stealth Santa, at Christmas. That's how Santa Claus works. Ever seen Santa Claus? Nah. Stealth. There you go. It's a ninja. <laughs> not a ninja. He's, but he's also not a sand snake. No, he's definitely not a sand snake. He's a wildling. We established this. Yeah, he's a wildling. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah, I love it. It's quite Christmassy. Um, it's going to see play, unlike some of the cards in this pack. More so than a lot of cards in this pack. Okay, sure. Uh, what would you give it out of 12? For, for Christmas. It's Christmas qualities. Yeah. Shut it up. I'm gonna give it a solid. It doesn't. She doesn't have fingerless gloves. She doesn't. She does have a waistcoat, which makes her a little bit. I, uh, I'm gonna give her a nine. A nine. It's not as Christmassy as the King Beyond the Wall. I admit. I admit. But what does the King Beyond the Wall give people? Nothing. What does she give people? Time. It gives people time. No, it fucking... increases the number, doesn't it? But what if you don't win the challenge? You get fuck all. <laughs> Ew, yeah, just dishes out stealth. Oh, I lost the challenge. Have some stealth. Good on attack, good on defence. Lovely. Amazing. Doesn't Nine require over. any wildlings. That, she doesn't require any wildlings or a wall. <laughs> oh, they're sisters, though, so get a gym together. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's where she gets her icons from. Yep, 9 out of 12 Christmas rating. Go on, then, Craven. What film is she? Well, based on the fact we don't really know where she is. And she's a bit of a stealth merchant. I would say that this is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Good call. I'm going to say Return of the Jedi, because it's clearly Endor. (laughs) Is that a Christmas film? (laughs) Yeah. He wants a great Christmas Eve. All the Star Wars films are Christmas Eve. There's a nice party (laughs) at the end, I suppose. Um, But yeah, she's got the stealth of um, whatever his face is in in Home Alone, Kevin. Um, But we don't know whereabouts... She really is, and he doesn't really know where he is. Well, he does, but you know what I mean. You're I'm glass with straws here, I really am. And they like traps, and sand snakes. So you're positing that this this card is situated in Central Park somewhere? Possibly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good for that. Mm. And also, one of the robbers in Home Alone 2 does wear fingerless gloves. <laughs> yeah, he does. 
does in fact work. That's why it's a Christmas movie. So we've got it in there somewhere. It is a Christmas movie, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they both are, yeah. It wasn't until, until they made that conversation and then they wrote the script around it because it was like, well, we've got to run with it now, this Christmas thing. Because nothing says family Christmas like constantly forgetting your child. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. or, or burning it. Burning your child. Yeah. To sacrifice to the Lord of Light. Christmas Eve, Father Christmas. Father Christmas is the Lord of Light. That's what I reckon, the Red God and all that. Mm. <gasps> I know, it's legit. You can stop talking whenever you like. No, I think <laughs> Tans, I think we should discuss as well. Don't think you you should discuss what, sorry? Dave's hands, right. So, <laughs> in Starlick, so we've established that they are literally not that small, but they still look small. So my theory is that they're just far away. <laughs> you might have to give some context to this for Craven and people who, who don't understand where this has come from. Well, I never knew Dave had tiny hands. I mean, yeah, I never knew this was a thing, but recently I've, got, I've heard a lot about Dave's tiny little hands. It's four children's hands that are, but they're not when measured. So that, so therefore, logic says that the only possible outcome of why they still appear to be smaller is because they are further away than the rest of him. Oh, the old Father Ted rule of sizing guy. Yeah, so possibly yeah. he's occupying more than one dimension, in which case, <laughs> multi-dimensional day. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forward that as a new name. Lots of lots of like primary or secondary Dave. Yeah, multi-dimensional Dave. Multiverse Dave. Yeah, yeah multi-D. Multi-D. No, that could that could have other work meanings. <laughs> Can't believe you were criticising me for a leap of logic. Can you swear on this? I'm sorry. No, we, lo- we love a leap of logic on this show. Hooray! Just as well. That's why we're here. Yeah. You're welcome. That's quite all right. Um, okay then, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you and Merry Christmas to you all. And God you. bless everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now I've got Andy Hornby. Andy, say hello. Tell us about yourself. Hello. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, my name's Andy. Uh, I picked up Thrones 2.0 after seeing these guys, uh, Lol and Dave, play some 1.0 at our nationals a couple of years back, having a great time. Um, so when 2.0 came out, I thought no better time to hop on and, and get on board with the, the AGOT community. Uh, I'm mostly known for playing Star Wars games, though, so Imperial Assault and the LCG over here in the UK. Um, yeah, that's that's my bag. You've done all right in some Thrones tournaments. You made a couple of uh, pretty impressive cuts, right? I, I've done all right, yeah. You most, uh, I try and get to quite a few regionals over here in the UK and... Um, and playing the Nationals, I uh, always have a fun time playing against you, Dave, and any, any of your fellow red shirts that, that appear. <laughs> yes. um, and, yeah, I went to Worlds this past November. Um, mo- again, mostly for Star Wars uh, games, but uh, played uh, Thrones because it didn't clash with anything else. And went 4-4, four and four, so had a reasonable outing as well. Very impressive. All good. And uh, what card have you got for us today? I've got Greyjoy legend uh, Mr. Damfair, Aaron Damfair. And uh, what does he do? He is. He, uh, he he kneels or stands things, Dave. He's a bit of a beast. He is a six-cost character. Uh, he's not loyal, uh, unique, um, four-cost, uh, four-strength, intrigue, and power. Drown God, Ironborn, Lord, with the reaction, after character is saved, either stand or kneel it. And is he good? 
I think he's going to have his time. I don't know if he's amazing quite yet. Um, he certainly finds a deck, a place in my deck at the moment. I play a lot of um, Banner Greyjoy, mm-hmm. and I always struggle to f- fill in. There's a couple of cards after Reducers and um, the kids that both go in that deck. Uh, I always find a few spaces that are usually newly made lords and things like that. I think Aaron might take that slot in, in Banner decks for me. Um, but yeah, I, with so much love for Barra kneeling, shenanigans i know you love your bob uh, i think he pairs pretty well there with mel mm-hmm. he's expensive but you can get him out with the king's road just like anything else i think i think he his day will come and he will be a trigger for a lot of combos on standing and kneeling to just go to town um so i like him i like him quite a lot actually have you heard the combo with barrison selmy uh, is Barristan one where it's if you can tap, you can kneel a character to save it. You can stand Barristan to save a character. Stand Barristan and then just go yeah. crazy. So of course, yeah, yeah you save Barristan from a Valor with an Iron Mines, and then mm. trigger Damp Air to kneel Barristan, and then you can stand Barristan to save someone else. Oh, oh that's lovely, brutal. Yeah, yeah. I um I slotted Aaron into my um Greyjoy Reigns build that I took at the weekend as a mm. one-off. I dropped um, Victorian down to a one and put Aaron in as a second copy. And um, he won me two games outright. Wow. Yeah. He is he is the absolute dog's bollocks, especially in the next, I'd say, four to five weeks, <clears throat> where a lot of people who um, have never seen Valor before are going way over the top in trying to protect their characters against it. So you're going to start seeing a lot more bodyguards and people are going to be digging hard for dupes and that sort of business um, to keep the characters alive. Um, Aaron absolutely wrecks people. Um, on a valid turn when I was well behind, um, my opponent had nothing but dupe characters on his side of the board. Um, so I never had his entire board on my valid turn. I managed to get through a, a five uh, strength entry chance to flip into a plot with some claim and then started wrecking him after a valid turn. Um, on a Kraken turn when he tried to save two people with dupes, uh, they got nailed out. Um, he is really, really good. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he's going to be good uh, as time goes on because I think the Drowned God trait is going to start getting some love. But um, especially now when people are going to town to protect themselves from Valor, um, he's got real utility. Um, I think he's been massively underrated by a lot of people. Um so, yeah, get him in your decks, guys. He's, he's fantastic. Okay. Uh, and you think he just he's just that much better, even at double the cost, than the old Aaron? Um, there is a specific deck for the old Aaron, mm-hmm. um, where obviously he fits in. But uh, with all things being equal, this card is by far and above better. Okay. And well worth the cost. Um, the, the, I mean... The Intrigue Icon and Greyjoy shouldn't be sniffed at mm-hmm. um, on a pretty solid body, which is going to be getting stronger, because if you're running this guy, you are running the Priest as well, so they can be buffing him. Um, potentially on the board at the same time, but nonetheless, an Intrigue Icon is fantastic. But this ability has got so much utility, um, and it's quite a... I was going to say it's quite a higher skill thing to use. It's not. I mean, it's pretty simple, but in the hands of a player who knows what they're doing and can see things developing before you can, this ability is killer. Um, so, yeah. He's, I think he's fucking superb. 
Mm. As you say, Craven, he just fits into, he's not loyal and there's no real restriction on that reaction. It's not an Ironborn character or anything like that. It's just anyone. Yeah. This so, turns a favourable Valor into, you know, a game-winning Valor. Okay, I like it. I'm sold. I thought he was solid, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm excited to play with him now. Definitely. I don't give out Greyjoy praise lightly, as you know. <laughs> uh, and I certainly don't drop copies of Victorian just for anybody. But um, yeah, this was the best decision I made all um, all day in terms of deck building. Do you want to tell us very, very briefly about your Greyjoy Reigns deck? Uh, you oh yeah, sure. Um, no, um, well, Whammer put up a, a really, really thorough description of his Tyrell Reigns deck. And I was looking at, um, I thought, oh, maybe I'll take something a bit different. Because um, I've been playing, obviously, exclusively Greyjoy for a while now. Um uh, the deck I was building before Valor came out, I'm reworking on, so I thought I'll have something new. So I read Whammer's description of it, and as I was reading it, um, what Whammer was getting at was uh, Reigns is a bit of a booby trap for some people. So you, you take Reigns as your agenda, and then you spend so much effort trying to force these entry challenges through, you're kind of hurting yourself. Whereas if you're running out of Tyrell, you've got so many strength buffs available that it creates a, a massive decision point in your opponent rather than you. So you go in for an injury challenge, and then they are forced to think, oh, shit, is he going to buff this? Do I want to stop this? And it causes them to have the challenge math conundrum, and then you can play off that. And I thought to myself, ah, oh, there's another house which can manipulate challenge strength quite dramatically, and that's my house. <laughs> we aren't particularly well known for our intrigue icons. So I looked at Whammer's build, and I thought, oh, I'll try and grade draw this up a little bit, and it, it just didn't work. It wasn't wasn't working because I haven't got the R, but I don't need to play around it that way. So I just I spent all day thinking. So I was sitting in the barber's chair, just thinking, I'm doing things on my head and at work and all that sort of stuff. And then I thought, hang on, if I just take a, a Greyjoy unopposed shell and then ramp up the intrigue icon count, I'm introducing that same conundrum in people. So you you force them into thinking, shit, is this the one that he's going to drop the bread and long ship or you know buff people up? Is there a Kraken's Grasp coming on this challenge, or is it going to be another one? And then it causes that same sort of paralysis in people. And especially out of Greyjoy, people don't expect to see this agenda combo. So then you're already in their head thinking, fuck, what's he playing at here? Um, and yeah, there's so much utility to it. It's unreal. You know, just the, the, the normal things like um, filthying someone or using uh, Power Behind the Throne on your Balon to get him up for another go, that sort of stuff is, is really important. But wildfiring a board... And then going in for a big claim challenge is, is pretty good. Um, there's, there's so many things you can do. Um, and I love it. And it's it's quite different. And it's great. It's up on uh, Card Game DB. It's a range of Pike. So if you haven't already, go and check it out. Give it a go. Um, I guarantee you it's good. It's good fun. Um, and we'll only get better as more Intrigue icons and stuff that can be slotted in come out. So, yes, I'm very proud of it. It's my, my magnum opus of second edition. This is my Lannister White book. <laughs> Hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Um, any further comments on Dampere than anybody before we uh, move on to the the golden question? Not for me. Okay then. I think so. So, uh, how Christmassy is Dampere? Well, just look at that art, guys. I mean, that may or may not be snow in the background. Uh, it's a uh, it's a gentleman in green, which is one of the two Christmas colours. With a massive beard, uh, a small pouch that may contain presents on his belt, uh, and little-known fact about this card, actually, guys: those two um, horses, actually, uh, they're called Rudolph and Blitzen. Wow! 
so I can't see how you get any more Christmassy than that, actually. So it's like. And they also need to be noted as the first entry into the horse catalogue in Game of Thrones for mm. Greyjoy. Because that's the first time Greyjoy have had a horse in second edition. And now they've got two. They yeah. have. A late entrant. That's uh, that's pretty damn Christmassy then. So uh, it is on a scale of one to twelve. How how <laughs> Christmassy would you say it was? Ooh, let's go. Uh, let's go. I think eleven. 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 You know. You know. He's Ooh. the beard. The beard's not white. That's about all you could do to change that. I think. Craven, what Done. what would you say if Dampere was a film? What would he be? Well, he would be. The Miracle on 34th Street. Ooh. A classic. Yeah. Can you give us some justification for that? Well, Miracle, it's got a holy sort of theme, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In, in much of the way all Christmas films kind of have, because it's around, it's about baby Jesus. But obviously Miracle, that's for text. Damp hair is a, you know, a man of some sort of faith. He has the ability to cause miracles. So, yeah. I'm, that's where I'm going with this. That's the link. <laughs> Tenuous as it may be. But there we go. I'm happy with that. That's one of our higher rates. I'll tell you counts. what. <laughs> kneeling out a fucking board on your Valator. Now, baby, that's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas. And here's some claim. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us, Andy. Pleasure. Uh, Always a pleasure to speak to you guys. And before you leave us, you do, of course, run your own podcast. So do you want to uh, plug that? before you go yeah it's um it's a star wars focused one as we mentioned earlier but uh yeah i run the youtube channel uh fully operational so you can find us over there uh fully operational lcg and uh if you're into anything imperial assault or star wars lcg come on over and uh, join the discussion lovely thank you cheers boys all right uh now we're joined by evan saw um bit of a, a card whore uh, plays all the LCGs. You've joined us before, so uh, say hello, Evan. Hello there, listeners. And uh, what card have you got for us today? I got the lovely card, Tanda Stokeworth, which, as all our listeners already know, is a Lannister card. Three-cost character, power icon, three-strength, unique lady trait, and with a very, very juicy... Uh, reaction about the after you marshal Tanda Stokeworth each player gains three gold so I think uh, we got a keeper here if you see the art uh, <laughs> she's definitely keen on the player uh, even if the player might not be keen on her I think we got a card that's going to be infamous once the, the loot mill deck gets going you can see this going in there with trading with the Pantoshi and Tanda for building up your opponent's gold and then looting your way to the bottom. It definitely feels more like a, a Shaga fun combo card than what you're going to see in a Tier 1 Jamie deck at the upcoming regionals. That is a fantastic combo that I hadn't thought about. I thought she was just bad, but now I really want to play her. <laughs> just yes, same. same. <laughs> Marshall second, give them a shit ton of gold. Loot. That's fantastic. <laughs> the only way to go. Uh, and she'll probably throw in her daughter in on the deal with, together with the gold. I mean, that's what she does. 
she butters you up with that fat lamprey pie, and there, here, have a daughter as well. <laughs> so, aside from uh, aside from the loot deck, which is obviously a thing, it, would you ever play her? I, I think, I mean, she's three cost monocon with three strengths, which is not great in raw power. If you're playing a, a Lani deck that empties their hand, you have some way of stacking the deck. So essentially, you're, you're ensuring there's no way they can use the gold uh, other than for dominance. Then she's not rubbish. Uh, but it it's, needs a lot of setup for you to net yourself a zero-cost three-strength monocon. Uh, so it's, it's not really... Great, unless you can abuse the opponent getting gold. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm just, I'm still gold. She's a lady, so she could, uh, she could net you gold on a, a noble cost turn if you have no other lords, ladies. Could you, uh, could you play this as a deal card in, in melee? So if nobody attacks me, everybody's going to get three gold. Possibly, but. They'd probably just say, fine, marshal it if you want, uh, or don't. Uh, the players who go before you are probably going to be upset and attack you anyway. The players who go after you might honor the deal, but uh, <laughs> it seems very marginal. It's, it feels already hard enough getting people to bite on Dragon's Tail bargaining, so three gold seems to everybody. Seems yeah. like a hard bargain to to get anything useful out of it. It's true. It's true. I mean, she's pretty good on setup, right? A three, three for three monocon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, on one hand, you could have Tanda or you could have Pycelle. Uh, I'm not sure what I'd go for. It's a tricky choice. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Bodyguard. I mean, she puts Jorah to shame. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, we probably wouldn't play her outside of one very, very specific build. Um, but she looks pretty friendly, so we'll give her a chance. But how Christmassy is she, Evan? I think she is, without a doubt, the most Christmassy card in this pack. Yeah? Uh, she might not be doing that strong on the beard, so she doesn't score high on the Santa Factor. There's no reindeer in the art either, so there's definitely some deduction there. But I'm not sure there's anything more Christmassy than giving all your opponents pie and three golds. That is the Christmas spirit right there. It's true. There is some okay. unnameable meat in the background that could well be reindeer. It's possible. But for Christmas... I mean, any other time of year, I'm happy to see the reindeer in meat form, but for Christmas, they should probably be whole and out there in front of Santa's sleigh. <laughs> this is true, yeah. They get a pass in December from the venison pie. Pretty much. Otherwise, yeah, butcher them up, dry them up, cured meat, reindeer, tasty. I've never I'm had all over that. I've never had actual reindeer, I don't think. Obviously, I've eaten no? like venison before. Does it taste any different? Uh, yes, I'd say so. It's not quite as gamey as the the venison. Okay. A uh, bit more tender as well. I've had some fantastic dried reindeer hearts here this year. Oh wow! So 
Yeah. Highly recommended if you come up. Sure. Next time I'm in Norway, I'll uh, I'll be sure to have some. Yeah. I, or come to to Edinburgh if I have some here. No. Okay. Well, I will. <laughs> um, okay then. Uh, out of twelve, where one is not very Christmassy at all, and twelve is super Christmassy. How Christmassy is Tanda? I gonna deduct a point for the lack of Santa's beard and deduct a point for the lack of reindeer alive in the background. So I'm gonna give her ten out of twelve. Okay. Uh, Craven, if Tanda was a Christmas movie, what would she be? She would be Love Actually. Oh, I'm pretty sure we've already used Love Actually, Craven. Oh, have we? Is that what yeah, appeals? We have. Oh, Vase, shit. Vase to Loro was Love Actually. Oh no. Oh, well, it's got to be Reindeer Games then, isn't it? <laughs> it's a shame, really, because Love Actually is pretty, uh, pretty good. <laughs> reindeer Games, solid nine. And uh, anything anything you want to comment on that link in particular, or just uh, the fact that she's murdered them and left them in the corner? Uh, I'll be honest, it's the first <laughs> film on the list I saw with the word reindeer in it, and I figured now's a good time as any to drop it in. Solid connection. Solid connection. Yeah. All right, Evan. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. All right, now we're joined by Rowan. Rowan, say hello, and what have you got for us? Hello. I have the Isle of Ravens for you. A neat little gift. Uh, comes in a nicely wrapped little package here. Um, so it's a one gold neutral location. It's non-loyal, obviously, because it's neutral. And it has the Old Town trait. And it says, action. Neil Isle of Ravens to choose a card in any player's discard pile and shuffle it into its owner's deck. Uh, this card is great. Like, really wonderfully good. Um, principally because it lets you recycle fun and silly cards. Like, I don't know, You Murdered Her Children, uh, <laughs> The Maiden Fair, um, what the bullshit is there in this game. There's some reasonably good bullshit, and there'll be ex- um, increasing amounts of bullshit as the game goes on. So that's good. It lets you do a couple of things as well uh, that are actually like competitively interesting, if that's a thing. I'm not sure if it is a thing, but say that it was. Um, so it, it lets you double down on having loads of redundancy on whatever effect you want to have redundancy on, like the deck filtering out of Tyrol, which I like. Now you have just infinite numbers of events to do silly things to the top of your deck with. Um, or it lets you get extra redundancy on things that you have almost no redundancy on, so like you have more copies of Drakaris now. You have more than one kind of gold now. Uh, it seems good. Um, but the great thing about it actually is any any player bit of the text, which I didn't realise until somebody in my meta did it against me the other day. Um, but that's really funny, because you get to just slightly piss somebody off every turn, um, which is a really good way to induce tilt. <laughs> if you shuffle back in, he shuffled back in my uh, a Randall Tarly when he shuffled a Randall Tarly back in when I had one that was dead. And I um, and I drew a Randall Tiley the next turn, and I was so pissed off. It's it so frustrating. Like, even though it probably wasn't the same Randall Tiley, or whatever. Oh, and the other thing, because I was feeling really clever, right? I was playing two or reigns. I'd done my range trigger. I triggered Caswell's Keep when I revealed my plot in the challenges phase. Put a tasty Marjorie on top of my deck, and then he shuffles it away. Bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can put Limiteds back in. You put in Limiteds, you put in... Um, yeah, dead dudes. Whatever, which is quite funny. And another reason this is a great card, 
for last reason is that it's an anytime action, which are the best kinds of actions now that we don't have preply actions. Um, it would have been a great preply action, um, but as a taxation phase action, it's also suitable. Uh, yes, yes so. you can just there's a lot of room for bullshit with any phase actions, so I like that. Even standing phase, yeah, if you card. want to. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. uh, and the first the game the town the turn you play it, you can go uh, play it, wait for the changes phase to happen, and then dominance and standing phase it to put two things in. Do fun shit like that. Okay. Um. So were you playing rebuilding before? Uh, no, because plot stops. Okay, so do you think this is better than rebuilding? It only does one a turn, you have to draw it first. It doesn't have a wonderful, glorious stat yeah, line of 5.1. It, it goes on forever. Yeah, so, it doesn't need to. It's not a plot card, which is important. Yeah, it does it forever. And it's funnier because you can do it at any time and mess with your opponent. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's better. Are you running it in all your decks, or are you running it in none of your, well, some of your decks, or...? Um, at the moment, it's in the. Uh, it has what I like to call the uh, nightmares condition, which is uh, it goes in all the decks and has ever reason to come out. Um, yeah, it is just good. Okay, fair enough. Um, can't really think of any more questions because I mostly agree with you. Uh, are you running oh. Shadow Black Lane as well <laughs> with this, or? Uh, that depends on the faction, just because of the in-faction clause on Shadow Black Lane. Um, if I could endlessly search for and recycle uh, Nightmares' uh, with this, <laughs> I would happily do that. Uh, <laughs> that would be silly. That would be silly. So, yeah, no. Um, yeah, but in the decks that you can run it with Shadow Black, particularly in Martell, where you just piss them right off with uh, um, Vengeance or the new one, Burning on the Sand, uh, and then just put it straight back in. Like, probably you put it in as your next action for maximum annoyance factor. <laughs> Straight back in. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, my. my uh, I like rebuilding because you pop Tracaris's back in and nightmares and things, and I totally agree with that. Uh, but is it is it worth the deck slots to, you know, draw a card that doesn't impact your, bo your board state and just, you know, you. You might see that card again, you might not. Because I know some people think, yeah, if you're shuffling one card in at a time, you don't necessarily have Shadow Black to search for these specific things that you tend to be shuffling back in. It just seems a bit random, you know? You're just plumping your deck up again. But you say it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think it's psychologically worth it, if nothing else. It feels good, and if you do it on your opponent, it makes them feel bad. This is true. Uh, you are improving your odds of drawing the thing, which is... Like, it's strictly mathematically better than not doing it, um, even if it's only slightly better. And anyway, who cares about not impacting board presence? Like, all the most fun cards aren't about improving your board position. They're about doing bullshit with cards. That's what it's for. That's what the game's about. I had to ask the question. Okay. <laughs> it felt bad asking it. Okay, then. Um, how Christmassy is Isle of Ravens, then? Well, so this is this is where things get tricky, right? There's a, there's a few things going in its favour. Um, one of them, which I'm sure Craven will appreciate, is uh, that the Isle of Ravens is where the White Ravens live, of course. Um, they live in a separate tower from the Black Ravens because they hate each other. I didn't actually know that, so that is good yeah, to know. Yeah, apparently Ravens are racist. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading about it today. They they live in separate towers from the Black Ravens. Like, there's serious segregation going on. But anyway, um, yeah. So you know, winter as a phenomenon 
basically only happened in Westeros because this place exists. So, um, so that's kind of Christmassy, sort of, and it's wintry. And if you look at the card also, uh, there's kind of wintry-looking trees with no leaves on them. So it's kind of winter setting. So it's wintry art, which is nice. It's vaguely evocative of Christmas. And bonus fact, there's a werewood tree um, on the Isle of Ravens. Um, and not any werewood tree, but according to uh, George R. R. Martin's uh, wonderfully long-winded description, um, a werewood tree that's covered in moss and therefore green with red furnishings because they have red uh, leaves. So it's basically a massive Christmas tree. Um, nice. Thank you. I was doing my research. Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of about gifts also. If you shuffle your opponent's card back in, you're kind of giving them a thing which is kind of like Christmas, but you're usually giving them a shit thing, which is <laughs> less like Christmas. So that's kind of... Um, a couple of things let it down. The main one is it has no flavour text, uh, which is always disappointing on a card, but particularly, you know, when you think of Christmas, when I think of Christmas, the main thing I think of is delicious food with lots of flavour, and this card has none of that. <laughs> so, you know... Um, and then... Yeah, I tried to look to see if there were any connections between ravens and Christmas. Ravens come up in folklore a lot. Um, I found out, random fact, that Bran is Welsh for raven. Uh, really? So that's old George, I'm not subtle at all, Martin's uh, naming conventions coming in there as standard. Um, you know, the kid they call the three-eyed raven, his name is just Raven. <laughs> Seems clever. Fantastic. Okay. Um, but, so, it, yeah. so it's kind of it gets a kind of middling score on the Christmassy thing. Um, it does. It is the home of Archmaster Marwyn, the only Archmaster, as far as I know, to not have a long white beard. So that's also a minus point. That is uh, disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of a mildly Christmassy thing. It's okay. Okay. So if you were going to rate this on a scale of one to twelve Christmases, what would it be? How 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 Christmassy is it? Um, I would put it at a straightforward six. I think it shoots six. down the middle. Yeah, it's not overtly referencing Christmas, but there's some things in there if you want to look for them. I, I can assure you, not many of the cards are overtly referencing Christmas. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. I mean, Jojen had a tree. That was pretty good. Uh... <laughs> All right, Rowan, thank for you for your six. Uh, Craven isn't with us, dear listeners. Uh, we've had to switch over because Rowan doesn't own a proper computer. We had to switch over some different recording software, and sadly, Craven's dropped out halfway through the call. Uh, but he has said that if The Isle of Ravens was a Christmas movie, it would be Lethal Weapon, which is a Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, and his justification is that shuffling a Dracaris back into your deck is putting a Lethal Weapon back into your deck. And the Isle of Ravens is a place where white ravens are separated from the black, which is nice parallel to the interracial body cop drama of Gibson and Glover. So uh, there you go. <laughs> that is why Isle of Ravens is lethal weapon. So uh, thank you for your time, Rowan. Thank you for joining us. Not at all, my pleasure. It's better behind the throne. Now, uh, part three of our show, this is getting rather tiring. I think Craven, Peel and I are ready for a nice Christmas nap. Um, but we're all here today, and now we're joined by Vince. Say hello, Vince. Hi, everyone. You 
joined us before, so you don't really need much of an introduction. Uh, so tell us, tell us what card you've brought us today. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about King Balance Solar. King Balance Solar is a zero-cost location, unique. It's Greyjoy loyal. It has the trait Iron Islands. And it reads, reaction, after you win initiative, gain one gold. And the flavor text is, the solar was as dump and drafty as ever. It's, and it's drawn by Paolo Puggioni. A bit of promotion won't hurt. Um, so... There are a lot of things to say about this card, and to be fully honest, I love that it is an economy card that costs only zero, it's unique, it's restricted to Greyjoy, so there are a lot of things that really appeal to me in this card. Um, so it's economy, but it's also tied to initiative, which means that it will certainly drive a bit your plot choices for your deck. Uh, that being said, winning initiative doesn't necessarily mean that you will have to be... Uh, first player, even though it's the theme of the house for second edition so far, or it looks like it's the theme of the house. Um, if you win initiative, you can obviously try to go second and control a bit more the play. Um, so there are a lot of questions that come with this card because with Valar just arriving in the meter, in the same pack, right? Yeah, in the same pack, yeah. and uh, having zero initiative, but being sort of a, an obvious choice at the moment for Greyjoy. I mean. It's like the house that obviously works with Greyjoy. And at the same time, this location is like, you know, it won't do anything on Valar. That being said, at least it won't give a card to your opponent, which wasn't the case for a similar card that existed in first edition, the Bay of Ice, where if you would lose initiative, it was your opponent that would draw. So, uh, yeah, that's at least that. You know, it won't really backfire because zero, so it's easy to set up. And yeah, it tackles uh, something that has been buggering me since the f start of the second edition, which is the economy, the global economy curve of the second edition. And the fact that generally to play the very impactful characters that are very expensive, you will have to run your plot deck a number of uh, economy plots. So yeah, obviously there are some decks that don't run them and still work and everything. But globally speaking, uh, yeah, most of the plot lines will see two, three, maybe four um, economy plots in their plot line. And this is a way to start to go around this, which is something that I really look forward to. And we'll see how it goes now. Winning initiative, you would have to put some initiative bonuses in your deck as well. Apart from the King's Road, there aren't that many of them. So, yeah, you will have to have a high initiative plot line. And that doesn't really fit with a lot of things apart from Rush, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's about it. I'm looking forward to this card. I'm curious to see how impactful it will be because, yeah, it's still a, a unique card, which means that you won't have uh, multiple times this effect around, which is certainly a good thing. And, yeah, will it lighten a bit the, the curve for the Greyjoy? Will it make it easier? Um, I mean, regarding the plot choice, uh, it's hard to foresee, but, yeah, I'm happy it's in the, it's in the meta, and I believe it will become a staple for... Great joy for a lot of decks, to be honest. It's like you either go for a balanced solar or you don't. I think it's a standard kind of one of really at this point in time. I think you may as well put it in there because you're not really going to lose anything if you have it on your board. You're not going to lose a thing by having a zero cost location, which is up oh, there. You go. It's, it, it's either going to work, you know, it's zero cost. You have a chance of getting what seven, six gold from it in theory. I mean, it's obviously if the plots loop around a few times. In setup, it'll be amazing. 
I'm trying to work out how many you can go, but then I thought there's no oh, cap of how many times you can show the plots. Yeah, it's an <laughs> infinite gold generating machine, and that's what we want in life: infinite gold generating machines. Imagine if you had one of them in your closet right now. You having a good time? <laughs> yes, certainly. Now, yeah. To be fair, as you say, Peel, uh, in um, so I don't like to say classic because nothing is really classic, but in classic uh, plotline or in a classic match, you will win initiative technically 50% of the time. So seeing it like that, it's a zero-cut card that 50% of the turn, one turn out of two, will give you one gold. So if you look at um, ROI, the return on investment, it's like infinite, which is great. But uh, yeah, uh, it has to be, I have to set a uh, device uh, further and see how it works, test it, basically. But yeah, I believe I'll play it for a very long time. Okay. Um, So obviously build for it it's considerably less than if you don't but you, you could feasibly play it in a you know in a deck with average plot line certainly if you uh, skew towards things like fall of favor or uh, call of the banners over local courts you can kind of use decent initiative plots um and if you there are playing the whole, for it. the whole like suite of Greyjoy first player stuff you obviously you chuck this in with your high initiative plots anyway great um mm-hmm. i know one of your uh Probably your, your preferred format, Vince, is melee. Um, do you think this still scales well in melee? It's obviously, you know, in theory, yeah. it's a quarter of a chance to win initiative, and the games are shorter. So while mm. you might consider this in a lot of Greyjoy decks at the moment, if not, you know, the vast majority of Greyjoy decks at the moment, Joust, uh, do you think this has got the same kind of punch? I say punch in the loosest possible sense, you know, it's an economy card, so it can only have too much effect, but. Is it as good in melee as it is in Joust? Uh, well, I guess the, the first feeling is, um, I've said that quite obviously that it wouldn't be great in melee, if only because there are two other players other than your opponent, uh, that will try to win initiative as well. And so I haven't played much, sadly, of melee in second edition. So I'm talking here about general melee, um, knowledge, if I may say so. But, um, yeah, initiative is key in melee, especially when it comes to the last turn, which generally was third turn and now tends to be second turn more and more often. So, yeah, initiative is key. So that means you have three opponents that will at some point play a plot with an eye initiative to win this. So if you, if you don't have the cards to trigger the King Balance Solar with initiative boosts on the side, it's sort of yeah, loses in its impact. So, to be fully honest, today I wouldn't see a good reason to run it nearly apart from maximizing your setup. You want to play the lowest curved uh, plot um, deck possible in melee, and you want as many zero cost cards in your deck. But that's about it. Uh, to be fully honest, today I wouldn't play it in melee. If you win initiative, how likely is that today? <laughs> Okay. Um, well, in that case, I think we've probably uh, covered covered the bulk of that. Um, before you go, Vince, how Christmassy is King Bale on the solo? How Christmassy? Come on, man. It's written on it. You have Santa Claus on the card, sitting in his chair close to close to the fire by a beautiful <laughs> snowy wintry weather. It's like Christmas. And I mean, come on. You see the the great kraken on the on the the seagull on the. Um, thing on the wall yeah. 
I mean, it's clearly Christmassy, isn't it? A Kraken's Christmassy? Yeah, a Kraken's Christmassy. I, where yeah, we come from, they are. Okay. So you wear a Kraken on your head. You're surrounded by the Ironborn at the moment, Dave. There's three of us in the room. <laughs> it's very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. All quite big men. Yeah. So yeah, as a Bartel player, I'm more of a kind of barbecue on the, uh, on the beach kind of uh, Christmas garden. So Australian Christmas. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Crocs when you need them? Yeah. And when you think about it, uh, the, the motto for the Greatory is, uh, what is dead may never die. So, anyway, it's like a present for Christmas. You know that. What is that? It may never die. Exactly. Okay, so, um, on a scale of 1 to 12, how Christmas is this card, then? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the scale. What else is, what else is on the scale? Because uh, well, otherwise I put 12 directly. Well, one oh. would be, uh, one would be, you know, the beginning of Christmas and you get a partridge in a pear tree and it's alright but it's not like you could have something more Christmassy than that whereas yeah. if it was a 12 then you get 12 drummers drumming and all the other things and then you also get the partridge in a pear tree so you just get everything <laughs> it's as Christmassy as you should be like you know um, Santa's eating mince pies and uh, everyone's hungover it's like super yeah. Christmassy whereas the yeah, first one's just like there's a little bit of snow um, how Christmassy is this 1 to 12 uh, I'll give it, you know what, I'll give it just a five, because it's like the beginning of Christmas, you're early December, you, it starts to become cold and you're just, you know, enjoying the, the warmth of the fire and resting there. So, on the way to being so Christmassy, but not yet, not okay. there yet. Sure. Okay. Uh, Peel, if, um, if King Balon Solar was a Christmas film, what's All right, Dave, I've got this, yep. I know exactly what it is. I've already planned this one out. I saw it the second I looked at the picture of it online. Um, King's Bail on Solar is officially about a boy. Why is that? Because at the start, he's an island and he's all alone. But you know he's going to have some friends by the end of this session. Just like Balon. Balon's going to have some friends by the end of this Balon at the moment. Yeah, Balon's a bit lonely at the moment. He's having a bit of a down one. But it's all right because he'll meet a little child, not be accused of paedophilia, uh, take him into his house, watch Countdown. And then have a lovely time when he goes and saves the day by playing Killing Me Softly by his song. How much better would Game of Thrones have been if Balon was played by Hugh Grant? Um, <laughs> on a level of 1 to 12? Yeah, it would be 12, right? <laughs> I, think, I think that would be a 12. He'd be the most polite king who would, you know, slightly try and murder you ever. So, I'll tell you what, though. He wouldn't, he wouldn't disown his son, though, would he? He'd welcome him back with open arms if it was Hugh Grant. Yeah. Ah, come on. Let's have a hug it out. Yay! You know, I've so had to hug Sarah Jessica Parker. If we take it a bit further, does this mean that if uh, Balan is your Grant, Alanis is Julia Roberts? Sorry, so Julia? Okay, am I the only one who has seen uh, Notting Hill? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 that's fine. Let's flag back a minute, no. Um, yeah, and then Theon can be the boy from Without a Boy. That works. Uh-huh. And Asha can be... Shit, who can Asha be? Has Hugh Garn got kids in any films, or is he always like a single bachelor? <laughs> it's like a single bachelor all along. Uh, yeah. yeah. In that context. Yeah, well, he's Hugh Grant. He doesn't need to really marry, does he? <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I think... Uh, thank you for uh, coming along and joining us, Vince. It's, it's my pleasure. pleasure. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure, Thanks, as Vince. always. Oh, and yeah. Cheers, guys. Yep. Merry Christmas to you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Bill. Right, now we're joined by a friend of the show, Tom Barnaby Pass, or Sternly, for short. Sternly, Hi there, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, you've not joined us before. Um, I, I'm fifth best in England at Game of Thrones, apparently. <laughs> uh, by what metric? I'm the sixth, uh, Stalectric, sure. metric. <laughs> uh, I went with a 66 card deck, if you can believe that. I can. Yeah, I can. And I am a purist when it comes to Night's Watch from the start, and I'll never stop playing them because I can't be bothered to read any of the cards. <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that same sound familiar to you? <laughs> That's exactly why I play Greyjoy, yeah. Um, I'm stuck in my ways now. They're like a comfy pair of trousers, Dave, if I'm perfectly honest. You get in them and you know roughly what you're doing most of the time. Grand Moff Tarkin had his slippers, so do you. Yeah. Okay, Stanley, could you... What card have you brought us? Um, it is the Shadow Tower Mason. It's Night's Watch, non-loyal, uh, cost two, strength two, power icon, and most importantly, builder. Ooh. He's got no attachments except weapon, so Ooh. he's pretty good when it comes with a practice blade. While you control three or more Night's Watch locations and or attachments, he, the Shadow Tower Mason gains a military and intrigue icon. Now, I'll get to that more most important bit, Builder. It makes him absolutely amazing with um, Brandon's Gift. You're a bad person. Literally the best card in the world. Because <laughs> you play your Shadow Tower Mason and then your Craven is absolutely free. Hey. Nothing better than it a free me. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly. Is is it really worth the card slots for uh, Brandon's gift? Even with this I, extra non unique builder? I think that honestly, no. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> When, when your deck consists of 66 cards, it's definitely worth the slots. Okay, sure. When you're just trying to fill those last six slots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three bandits exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. That deck that really, really wants to see one specific card as soon as possible. Correct. Going up to 66 cards, including three copies of Brandon's Gift, is definitely the right way. I like it. It makes your other nice watch cards cheap. It's amazing. In the okay. current meta, it, it's a good Valor card, as people would say. Oh, okay. Those people are idiots. <laughs> so what about the rest of his ability? The slightly more relevant bit that is just a tricon. Well, it it just becomes a tricon for you, either your Jon Snow Voltron decks or your wall deck. And most of the time, you should have three or more locations or attachments out anyway, because the forest is amazing. Practice blades are amazing. Craven's amazing. The card craven's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You can't really critique that, can you? Um, he's just—he's very good, isn't he? Um, have you had a chance to play with him yet? Uh, yes, and he fared really well. He—he he did his job. He uh, three of them on the board. It's a very valuable board, to tell you that. <laughs> Some might say yeah. with with the wall. And just those three out, it's just an untouchable board. 
and then it gives you time to get your old bear out and get his crow on him. Basically, I managed to win a few a few games with it, but power rush decks just absolutely demolish wall decks. So that that's that really. Okay. Um, is it just a, pretty much a straight upgrade of um, the apprentice? You reckon? Do you drop them in favour of these? Oh yes, hundred okay. percent. The apprentice has has its place, but the the shadow tower mason one gold cheaper, same strength, just as good. Fair, okay. Um, so I know I know you say you're a Night's Watch purist, and I'm pretty sure I've only yeah. ever seen you play like fealty and crossing and mono faction decks. But if you were to take a Night's Watch banner, do you reckon this guy is takeable? Do you reckon uh, is Haunted Forest loyal? Uh, Haunted Forest is non-loyal and also non-unique, but... Oh, of course it is, uh, it is yeah. Because you can play it with Burning on the Sands. Well, you can't play it with mm-hmm. Burning on the Sands, as I found out to my death. Um, do you it, reckon this guy's still worth it in a, uh, in a banner? If if your banner consists of three Cravens and three Haunted Forests, then yes. I imagine so, but yeah. otherwise, no. You I should guess, stay in your folder. I mean, <laughs> you normally, uh, if you're bannering, for this guy, you're probably also bannering for the wall as well. Like you're bannering for the wall and everything else is gravy. In a lot. Of yeah, them, I suppose so. so. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So any uh, any further comments on him? It's, I mean, he's just a chance. Well, the art's pretty nice. It's it definitely is. an upgrade on Halder. Oh god, <laughs> it's lovely art, isn't it? I really like it. Yeah. Very pretty. Have you had a chance to play against him yet, Craven? Uh, no, I haven't. No, um, there's not a lot of Night's Watch knocking around, knocking about around uh, here, um, which is maybe I should take that. Well, that off. needs to change. Yeah, maybe I should drop some of that into the mix because uh, obviously I could use my champ card, can't I? So um, mm, maybe for Christmas, Sternly can send me a deck list, and then I can. Really... Oh, 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 oh no, no chance, no. <laughs> and like, if you're willing to run. 63-64 card decks and maybe because I, I just don't know what to cut ever I usually have to ask Josh or Sweeney about that and then I never listen to them <laughs> just, they just pick six cards out at random and yeah. throw them away that'll do <laughs> yeah um, no I haven't played um, against a lot of Night's Watch so um, but I can I can see obviously this would be a, a pain in the arse um, so yeah he, he gets my vote and he's working away. He's got a job. He's grafting. He Up is. The top of the world. Everyone else is fucking around, eating grapes and sitting around in their chairs. This guy's out putting a shift in on a Sunday. <laughs> Clearly a Sunday as well. Making Having a royal build. Well, the thing is, is he actually building? Because it looks to me like he's chiselling that down. Yeah, yeah, but the, <laughs> the issue is, is he more builder. than the Shadow Tower itself? <laughs> well, that's contractors for you, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, he's got his call-out charge. He's got to take a wage. Yeah. He's probably skimming he's... a bit off the top for materials. It's a Sunday yeah. as well, so that's going to cost more. Um, Plus, and he's, he's got to add on the extra costs, you know, he's... at the end. Yeah, that'd be a grand. And Six grand when it's done. Yeah, it's he's non-unique. He's non-unique, so he's probably unionised by now. So there's fees there as well. <laughs> so adds up. Fucking legacy of Thatcher's Britain, mate. Mate. <laughs> Okay, Stanley. Um, so, how Christmassy is Shadow Tower? Well, it's snowing, so 12 out of 12. 
Customers oh. feel. Oh. Oh. Just, just, oh. You just straight up giving oh. it a 12. With no, with no other justification other than it's snowing. It's happened, yep, basically. Boys. We've got a 12. Wow, okay, well. Of course you've got a 12. That's heavy, then. that. I've got Pe- a 12 for you right here. Peel, oh. if, uh, if Shadow Tower Mason was a 12 out of 12 Christmas film, what would it be? You know what? I did the last one. I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Craven have this one. Oh, it's it's the ex- no, don't worry about it. The excitement of this is burning a hole in our mouthicles. That's not even a word. No, it, be ready for it. It's, it's ripped right through my mouthicle and <laughs> left me unable to say anything other than it is Hans Gruber falling off the plaza, isn't it? It's, it's die hard. It's crawling through a a vent on a Christmas day, trying to rescue the one that you love. It's inexplicably running around with no shoes or socks on. It's ha ha ha, now I have a machine gun. Yes, it's all those things and more. We finally got our 12 out of 12. I was worried that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, me too. No, I was a little bit as well. We're <laughs> running out of cars, to be fair. Um, now we've got says, it. Everyone just says, oh yeah, it's, it's super Christmassy. It's like the most Christmassy card in the back. And they get like a nine. It's like, yeah. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> You can rely on me. <laughs> <laughs> no other justification. It's a bit snowy out. It's a 12. There we go. Well, it's a white Christmas d- for that d- builder. D- does any of the card have snow on it in the park um, apart from the, the tree? Three. It's amazing how few don't have snow in them. I know. <laughs> Surprisingly common. Well, it's it's a Christmas pack, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of trees as well. Jojen Reed sitting under a tree, you're giving out presents. He wasn't twelve. Literally sitting in the snow, isn't he? Uh he's not in the snow, but he is under a tree. Ah, oh, a little prick. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, it's what you're missing. Okay, well uh, thank you for joining us, Stanley. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I'm I'm glad you gave me the opportunity. Oh, that's quite alright. Right, now we're joined by uh, a newer player, Rob Syrat. Rob, say hello and introduce yourself. Hello all, uh, my name's Rob Syrett, I play in the Manchester Meta in the UK. Um, new player when 2.0 came along, prior to this I played uh, Netrunner, which I apologise for already. Um, <laughs> he did, so, uh, he apologised to Starlet. Yeah, <laughs> I still feel the guilt and the shame. So um, I got into Thrones about after I was, I'd taken a break from Netrunner for a fair few months and I was thinking, do I go back to it? Is there actually something decent here? Then uh, someone introduced me to Thrones 2.0 about a month before it came out. And that was that. Lifelong convert now. So, yeah, that's been my Thrones history. Fantastic. Um, what card have you brought for us? I've brought the card Piet Pre. It is. Shall I go ahead? Yeah, go for it. It is a Targaryen character, non-loyal, six cost, four strength, with an intrigue and power icon. Uh, it has the Warlock trait, which, according to Thrones DV, is the first card with that trait. It has the uh, text, Reaction. After you win a challenge in which Pyat Pri is participating, search the top X cards of your deck for a Targaryen attachment or event, reveal it, and add it to your hand. Shuffle your deck. X is the strength by which you won the challenge. Mm. Yeah. And is he good? I think it's fantastic. Okay. So tell me more. Um, tell me more. So the two types of Targaryen deck I most want to be playing at the moment is either the straightforward uh, Dracarys, everything dying in a fire deck, or the oh god, horses everywhere, uh, Dothraki horde kind of deck. 
And both of those are fairly focused in the way that they work, in that there are certain cards that are simply absolutely key for the deck. So obviously Dracarys being one. Um, and I feel that Pyat Pre will help out a lot in both situations. You're no longer sitting there thinking, well, I found almost everything except for the key card that will actually make this work. It, to me, it looks a lot like a, um, a sort of a toolkit, a toolbox kind of card, where it just makes the rest of the deck run a bit smoother. Um, that's kind of it, really. There's nothing massively specific to it that I really like, no particularly niche interaction. I just like the way it looks like it should smooth out making other things work. Hmm. Okay, sure. Is it worth the six gold for that? Well, that's what I was thinking, because if you drop down one gold, you run into Illyrio, who, as a Lanny Dragon player, I'm still completely in love with. So, I don't know. I suppose if you've moved into a deck where you're attempting to do something that is very dependent on seeing the right events or attachments at the right time, then yeah, he'll definitely be worth the one extra gold. But other than that, I wouldn't throw him in just for the sake of him being in the deck. He'd definitely have to be there to be hunting down a particular card for me. Do you think he can trigger consistently enough to be able to get his value? Because, I mean, I could just block for three. You'll get to search one card and hope it's an event or an attachment. I mean, sometimes well, even Shadow Black Lane sniffs and you don't get anything. True. Uh, the way I'm reading it, because there's the absence of a has-to-be-attacking-or-defending-alone qualifier, I am sort of assuming that you will always be using him in, uh, in the midst of a challenge where the people that you actually want are involved. Yep, so I'm, ne I'm never seeing him... If, if you've put him in for the purpose of him attacking alone to help you search that one card, then you've done it wrong to six gold. But if you, you have Danny on the board, so everything they're throwing in is minus one strength anyway, uh, you have an, a, another character or two that's going into the challenge, I can see it consistently helping you search for between three and five, maybe? That's okay. not too bad. Sure. I mean, worst case scenario, you just run a few um, uh, Daenerys' favors, and if you end up uh, whiffing on the card that you're actually trying to see, find one or two of those, makes Pyat pretty stronger in the future, self-reinforcement, not too bad. Okay, sure. I mean, at the very least, you can use him to, you know, chuck him in the first challenge, see what happens. Hopefully, kneel out, kneel out some, you know, mid-strength defenders, or bring hmm. someone decent into Dracarys, um, also a challenge. Feels uh, so there's that kind of thing as well. much for that, though. Yeah, that's the problem. If you are sort of depending on, oh, well, at the very least, I'll get what is effectively a chump block so I can do the challenges I really care about, it'd be overcosted for that. I think you'd really have to be uh, intending to get a lot of use out of it. But then, if you're only using him with other people for challenges, and you know he's more of a support card in that sense, again, it's six costs too much from there. I mean, I yeah. said, I said, um, fucking hell, uh, what's his name? Ilan was too much, uh, and I was wrong. So maybe I, I don't know. I just find him. I think he's very expensive. I, I see what you're saying. I don't feel like I have the experience to actually have an opinion that's worth anything on that. It's just going to be. <laughs> It's just going to need testing, really. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I think he's absolutely bloody superb. Okay. Um, he have a, he's, he's draw. He's card draw by another name, really. Um, because if you're running, you know, any variant of a target deck worth its... Well, I say worth its salt, but any variant of the two decks we've already talked about, there is a lot of, like, decent target events. Even if you don't run Dracarys, you want to be sort of considering especially in those sort of Dothraki jump-in-and-out builds, um, being able to kind of go and dig a bit harder for your uh, blood of my blood, you know, is worth it on, on its own. 
Um, but when you go to traditional target builds, you've got Dracaris, some of the supporting events, then you start thinking about Kirana Golds, uh, Ubega Kings, things like that. Um, having that kind of mix between draw and tutor built into a challenge, which doesn't have to go on his own, I think it's well worth the price of admission and well worth six gold. See, I think I feel like I'd just rather play Shadow Black Land. Because, well, I mean, it depends how many, how many <laughs> attachments you play. Uh, obviously, you can grab Crown of Gold, which you should be playing in every Targaryen deck anyway. Um, but not all of them play uh, Beggar King. Mm, but not all not of them all are good. Play. What do you mean, not all of them are good? Not all the attachments? No, not all the decks. Oh, no. Assuming we're playing a good deck. Good decks. Right, we're playing a good deck. Yeah. Okay. Not all good decks play Beggar King. Right? There yeah, is yeah. there is a reasonable chance you're only running one Targaryen attachment. More than reasonable. So in that instance, he's only ever so slightly more likely to see a card you get than Shadowbat Lane if you want it. I find I don't think he's worth five extra gold to give the versatility of an okay body with more limited search because of the strength limitation. Mm. I could be wrong, and I like draw, but if you compare him to Doran, who is always draw rather than conditioned tutor, Doran doesn't see any play either. Now, yeah, well, you know my feeling on that. Different things. He is better than people give him credit for. Doran. Mm. Um, but. I haven't played with him since January. And Martella nominally my main house, so what does that tell you? <laughs> but but he no good, Dave. He just yeah. no good. I mean part of that is because he's so dracaris. <laughs> yeah, he's very flammable, isn't he? He burn he burn good. Yeah, but then everything in Martella's flammable, so Oh, there's, there's a sound of flames there. For effect. Okay, maybe I was wrong then. <laughs> maybe I'm being just punished. been busted. Yeah, so I, I feel he's uh, I feel he's too expensive. Uh, but I but then there's going to be plenty of instances where you're going to get the trigger off and you're going to get something good and it's going to be great. I just don't think he's consistent enough. Well, there we go. Any more comments on how good he is? Oh, I think out the there, art so. is gorgeous. Sorry, the art is absolutely key. And I reckon that this, the person who uh, drew this, this uh, Victor, what's it, Moreno or whatever. Uh, no, Lorenzo, is that it? Yeah. Um, Victor Moreno, yeah. That's it. He was clearly brought in to do some uh, 40,000 con- <coughs> conquest art. And then, uh, just like when I said about the last card, he probably was doing a, a Dark Elf Warlock or something, ready to go. And then they cancelled the art, or cancelled the whole game. And he was like, oh, shit. Ah, oh, don't <laughs> worry, mate, we'll, we'll keep it. We can uh, we can knock that up as a Thrones card, fella. Because um, I'm getting a real Dark uh, dark Elder vibe out of this. Um, but it's very, very nice, very pretty. If you can sort of say a creepy guy with purple eyes is pretty. Mm. I like it. 
Well, I would say um, I just like the fact that with the Dothraki deck, I feel like there was a, a particular song that showed up on this podcast at some point, and I feel like uh, I've been promised some shenanigans regarding Ago's Bow, Rhaegar's Harp, things of this nature, you know, cards that are entirely new to me. And if you're playing a deck where you're particularly wanting to find all of these attachments as soon as possible, this card's going to help you get to the chorus. Yes. <laughs> yes, good point, well made. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. In a Voltron deck, if we get all the lovely attachments that Targ is so well known for, his value goes up immensely. That is that is a good point. He only gets better the more cards that are released. Hmm. And I mean, so does Shadow about late, but obviously, the more playable Targaryen attachments that come, the better. So yes, that is a very good, uh, very good point. Ah, oh, that goes bow. What a wonder. <laughs> Okay, um, so how Christmassy is Pyat Free? Well, I was finding this a bit of a difficult question, and then uh, I ended up speaking to Kev about it, and her first point was that Pyat Free rhymes with Christmas tree. So um, I feel like that helps set the level. I'll point, <laughs> I'll point out, he does look a lot like Ebenezer Scrooge. Like, the artist for this was definitely channeling that character, so I feel a little bit like I'm in a Christmas carol here. Okay, sure. And I'm seeing a lot of similarities just to the concept of Santa, I mean, if you put the effort in, if you've done well over the year, if you've been a good boy, he might bring you a present or two from the deck. If you're not bothering and you're just chump blocking and such, well, you haven't really uh, you haven't really lived up to your potential for the year, and you're just going to get a sack of coal in the form of I don't know a rose road or something. <laughs> and in addition, like Santa, he's obviously a wizard. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. kind of it. I I would give it. Mm, I would give it a perfect 5 out of 7 reindeer. Sadly, we're not rating out of reindeer, we're rating out of days of Christmas. So what would you give oh, it out of okay. 12? <laughs> Don't come out here with your own rating systems. <laughs> hey, hey. He's our rating system. Uh, in terms of Christmasness, solid 10. Solid 10. Really? Go on yeah. then, Well, you heard him. Gives you presents. Looks like a... Looks like a bloody zombie. I thought you were going to set call him like a three. I'd got ready with a Fred Claus. Now I'm going to have to pull something good out of the bag and go for a high rater. Oh, what? What's a ten out of twelve? H- have we had an elf yet? We have not had elf. No. And he's an elf. Elf. Solid. Hmm. Elf on the shelf. Any uh, any justification for that, or just because it's good? Not really. Um, if I'm honest, I thought it was going to, again, be a low rated in the Christmassy effects, so I prepared one for considerably lower ratings. Um, but Elf is about a 10 out of 12, I'd say, on the scale of Christmas films, as I actually enjoy watching that Christmas film. I feel like Peel is probably just throwing a dart at a spreadsheet of Christmas films at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a spreadsheet, Craven, it's a list. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, there's quite a few, a few. Unfortunately, a lot of the... You know when you get to the higher ratings, a lot of these cards have been rated very high for Christmassy, and there's not many good Christmas films. There's a lot of shit Christmas films. Um, you know, a lot of shit Christmas films. Like, I mean, like, ridiculous amounts. Like, I didn't realise this many Christmas films existed, but there's a lot of shit ones. Uh, Elf is up there with the good ones, and I think it's fair to say, if we're going to rate something good, Elf needs to be up there as well. So a nice 10 out of 12, that will be an L. Okay, great. Alright then, uh, Rob, would you like to give us the news? I would the, the absolutely spin- love to. Uh, as some listeners may remember, we like to uh, we like to break news live on air and hear people's reactions. Uh, in our first ever episode, we were 
a new restricted list uh, where heartbreaking things happen to the Red Viper. But today we have some good news, so if you'd like to uh, tell the lads. Well, in a tweet that's shown up from FFG Organized Play, I'm just going to deliver this and listen to the reactions. The Green Fork and Maesters win the Battle of the Trident. Oh, fucking get in! Yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. I'm oh, so happy. Yes! It's happening. Here, it's do, you happening. Have a, do you have a reaction to that? Oh, well, I don't know. To tell you what, oh. I went to a, uh, a Trident event, which we haven't really spoken about on the cast. Uh, and there was only four of us, sadly. But Crocs and I went, and we both knew we wanted to vote Maesters. Um, and in the end, because of how the words are written, uh, how the rules are written in the Trident Pack, it says you just place Whistletons undefeated. So even though there are only four of us, we're in two rounds. Mm. Uh, so based on the two rounds results, uh, another guy called Dave won. But if we did a round robin, we did eventually, I would have won. And I said, oh, like, I don't, I don't care about the map, but if you haven't decided, uh, vote for Maesters, because I would have voted for Maesters if I was. Like, yeah, don't worry about it, I was going to vote for Maesters anyway. Yes, fantastic. And then, uh, the last guy that was there was like, well, I was going to vote for Knights, but I may as well just vote for Maesters, you know, get a clean sweep. Yes! Lovely oh, 14 devil. votes out of 14. Oh, it was, this, it was exciting. So what do we hope? What do we hope? What are our hopes and dreams for the future? Um, a a centerpiece maester. Um, so I'm talking six cost, maybe seven, uh, with all the bells and whistles that come at that price point. Um, who has some sort of tribal synergy with other maesters, or an agenda uh, which allows you to run maesters from any house? That'd be good. Um, well, we're definitely getting an agenda. Yeah. We don't know what it is, but this confirms an agenda. Oh, I've known what, man. I would, I just fucking love a straight up reprint of a Maester's Path. <laughs> did you see uh, the fake news article that got posted a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was excellent. It was just like, the, I was reading through it and I was just like, well, you know what? It's probably a bad idea, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm totally on board for this. This is one of my favourite agendas. Second favourite agenda. Um, <clears> and, uh, and then it got to the copper link, the one that allows you to give traits. I was yeah. like, yeah, there is no way Copperlink is getting replayed. Right? Yeah, we're never coming back. That's never going to happen. Like, of all the links, the Copperlink yeah. is the one that is the, the grimmest, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Think about damage that would do now. Like, if you oh, could dish out Stormborn. If you just kept some, you know, kept it slightly restrained, there's a seven cost Conclave. Yeah, loving that. Uh, they could release the Conclave at seven cost and unique, and I'll be happy with that doesn't have to be non-unique. In fact, it doesn't really make any sense for the Conclave to be non-unique. Uh, perfectly balanced. I want to see Ebros. He's my favourite maester. He'll, he'll have to have a, uh, a new text box. His one was based on the, the number of chains that he held. That's right, yeah. Uh, Rob, do you have any hopes for maesters going forward? Uh, well, bearing in mind I didn't play first edition, all I've heard is the, the oft-told tales of the level of complexity they bring to the game, and I am the type of player who enjoys the, not necessarily the more niche interactions, but the more complex ones, where you can sort of, even when your opponent's doing it, you can sit back and go, yeah, you just completely destroyed what I was doing, but on the other hand, that's a really clever play, so I'm still happy. That's 
that's always the kind of play style I like. So I voted green. I brought in 10 votes for us. I'm happy. Good man. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I hope uh, whether we'll get all, I doubt we'll get all the chains back, but I hope, you know, with armies being, you, know, you can't be too subtle with an army. The majority of them are going to be big beat sticks, uh, which encourage, you know, big guy meta, first snow, that kind of thing. Whereas the maesters tend to be a bit more fragile, a bit more subtle. A lot of them have quite interesting effects. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. We should get some decent things. Uh, no matter what the agenda does. And uh, obviously, with the agenda, we'll get some more support one shoots. And it'd be nice to be able to play these niche maester cards also far see next to no play, healing expertise and the maester's chain. Mm, yeah, I keep trying to build decks with the maester's chain in, but yeah, they're always shit. Yeah, there's just not enough good maesters to warrant it. But you yeah. can run your in-house maester, and then you've got to sort to the bland neutral ones, if you want to do that. When you... Yeah. If, if what it is, you can run multiple out of house, uh, maesters, then suddenly, you know, you've got Pyso, you've got Crescent, you've got Kaleop, and you're off to the races. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited for that. But, uh, thank you for joining us, Rob. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Peel. Indeed. Merry Christmas to you all! Right, now, uh, I'm afraid. Craven has gone to bed, because he's got work nice and early in the morning. So uh, we're now joined by uh, Reese. Reese, you've not been on since last Starlek. We're now a, a 2.0 um, podcast. Please introduce yourself for the listeners, for those who may not know you. Uh, I'm Reese. The reason I've not been on since Starlek is because last Starlek, I was the overall champion. So those of you that don't know who I am clearly don't know what Good Thrones is. <laughs> How long have you been playing Thrones, Reese? Um, I've been to three stars for two and a bit years, sure. I guess. And uh, for those who don't know you, what is your favourite kind of house play style, that kind of thing? Um, I I don't like playing Thrones as a thing I've established. So I like to play the control decks that don't play Thrones. So in first edition, that was the very like seven-character Hollow Hill Bloodthirst style decks. And now it's a beautiful little brew I've made up of Tyrell Stag. And basically, you just play Mel and Varus and card draw and win dominance until you, and play plots that give you power. Because like, you tend to make somewhere between two and four challenges in 14 plots when you win. It is a really fun deck to play. <laughs> okay, uh, what card have you brought with us? Brought for us. Uh, I've brought King Ridley's Host. Yeah, so it's six gold, four strength, non-loyal, House Tyrell, military power, unique, and has the army trait, as all good armies do. Has two keywords, yeah, two, intimidate, the fun one, and no attachments, the less fun one. And two abilities, one, while there is a summer plot card revealed, King Rennie's host gets plus four strength. Good with Intimidate. Secondly, while there is a winter plot card revealed, King Rennie's host cannot be declared as an attacker. Less good with Intimidate. So, I think... You know when you're a kid, and you get that bicycle for Christmas? We're not talking about Christmas yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm telling you. 
So lots of people love the bike. They think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. And it, they, it's amazing, right? Yeah. Because it's eight strength and it's intimidate. It's no attachments. It's going to do all of the things you want it to do. That wasn't me. I didn't want to go outside. Riding a bike, that's too much effort. It's like, if I'm playing a Tyrell card, it needs to have draw a card or plus three gold written on it. This has neither of those things, so I think it's bad, but there are lots of people out there that, that will think this is the best thing they've ever received. <laughs> okay, sure. Do you, uh... <laughs> so you just think it's bad. Is, is there an instance where you'll ever play this? Wednesday. Driver, not the car? Driver, not the car. Go oh, <laughs> on, Peel. Peel, you played Banterbridge. Yes. Did you play King Renly Soast? No. Yes, no. Mm, I didn't see one. No, no, because sure? it wasn't released. I think it's good in a band of bridge deck. Yeah, when you're running might, you five or six summer you, blocks. Yeah, you just draw, 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 and everyone's happy. You, like, that's fun in those situations, but mm, it's all right. Look, doesn't band of bridge only work on summer plots? It does. You need... So you're yes. running lots of summer plots. Yeah, you're you running are, a few. So it's, so it's mostly going to be an eight-strength character. Yes. Pretty much. I hear eight is a lot. Yes. Eight is quite high. Um, it's higher than seven. Um, but less than nine. So, so there's Damn. that. Oh, it's not as big as a mountain. It's not as big as a mountain. It's just not the same as a mountain. Yeah. Uh, but it's all right. Eight is definitely higher than you think it should be. <laughs> it can't be milked. Can't be milked. So it, it will always be eight. In the summer term. Well, unless you <laughs> nightmares it. Nightmares Dracarys. Oh, okay, yeah. Card is terrible. Dies to Dracarys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a lot when of when it is no summer stuff. Yeah. Yeah, dies to tears. Yeah. It's, it's just not Puts worth it, sword. is it, really? Let's be honest. Yeah. Dies to put the sword. Dies to valor. Does? Yeah. Dies to military claim if you have to on occasion. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and and, and shit, if it mate. dies, you can't even play another one because it's unique. It's kind of awful. Oh, oh dear. Wait, wait. You don't play. No one plays two copies of a unique card in their deck, like unless it's Mel. Yeah. Or but, uh, it's fine. Oh yeah, three of each. Yeah. All right then. Uh, you're not too keen on it, but we like it in a in a banter bridge deck. There are the summer decks that play it. Yeah, yeah like, if, you, if you're running the Tyrell Summer Nights, that kind of thing, it can yeah, If you're nice building the there. wrong Tyrell deck, it can yeah. go in. Yeah, so it goes in those kind of like summery, aggro-y kind of decks. It does not go in the um, in the control Good ones. Good ones. Although the control ones, the downside is mitigated considerably because you won't want to use it on attack. No, the much. downside is it costs six and doesn't do anything. Yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You just don't play it. You've drawn it. That's a bad. That's a bad thing. Um, the arts common sense there, though. So that's. Good. I'd rather have a rose road. Yeah, that's uh, pretty damning. I think. All right. Yeah, uh, I'd rather be the birds. Yeah. So, um, how Christmassy is it, Reese? Oh, it is super Christmassy. Yeah. Damn it. Because it gets to Christmas, the mere mention of Christmas, are you like. You just kind of check out, don't you? It's like, I'm done with work. I'm going to go home, spend some time with the family, and just forget all my worries. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this that what guy, we do? You, you even mentioned the word winter, and he's like, oh, no, I saw this, I'm going on. 
like you don't get much more Christmas here than just completely giving up on everything for an entire season just because you know it's oof, I'm gonna put my Christmas jumper on go home have a couple of bevies because you know it's Christmas eat too much cake eat too much cheese it's Christmas. these guys are on it also do you know what you do at Christmas you invite everyone around and you host a party so what this is really is, is King Renly's Christmas party. Yeah. Also, <laughs> look at the top left-hand corner of the card. What are the three colours you see? Red, gold, green. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, mother of Christ. <laughs> <sighs> the most Christmassy colours of all. I'm telling you, man, if anyone thinks they've got a Christmas card than me, like, this is, like it, the card looks like a Christmas tree with three Christmas baubles. Right. <laughs> It's even got a gold star at the top. Wow. This card is just Christmas. That's fantastic. All right, so what would you rate it in Christmasiness out of 12? 17. Can I have another right. between 1 and 12, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, okay. Wait, which is my favourite one in the is he picking Seven his... Swans Are Swimming? So it is... The most Christmassy card, but is it also it's also seven out of twelve. Well, no, it's the seven swans are swimming, isn't it? Which is better than twelve lords of leaping. Ah, but when I'll, you get twelve lords of leaping, you get everything. Yeah, oh. you get seven oh, yeah. swans as well. Okay, yeah. yeah, give me the twelve lords of leaping. Then. Okay, so that's our second twelve. <laughs> that oh. is our second twelve, which is. What, what idiot thought uh, this was also a twelve? Uh, Stonely thought the Shadow Tower Mason was a twelve because it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> he has a low bar, <laughs> low standard. <laughs> To be fair, though, of all the reasons I've heard so far, snowing is probably just about as accurate as anything else. Um, <laughs> did so you not I was... listen to why my one was Christmassy? Oh, I did, yeah, it was very good. Well, but yeah, we did, we don't but... Make rules, you know? Yeah, I, you know, we don't write this shit. Um, I'll okay. tell you what, if... Oh, shit. You see, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for 212s, Dave, I'm not going to lie. <sighs> so, Tropical... No, it's fine. Fine. What we I've normally do to... now, Reese, is uh, Peel tells us if... King Renly's host was a Christmas film. Which Christmas film would it be? Do you know what? Oh, 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 well, well, guys, guys, I'll tell you which Christmas film mine would be. Die Hard, because it's the best. You can't. No, you can't have Die Hard. This is what I mean. That's gone. That's been used. used Use Die Hard, okay? This isn't going to be some cheap remake. Okay, I'll have Elf. It's no, you can't have Elf. Stop getting it on my thing. This is my thing. Elf's gone, <laughs> gone smoothly so far. We've already used that as well. <laughs> this is a wonderful life. <laughs> a wonderful life. <laughs> apparently the best Christmas film of all time, which you eat with gingerbread houses and be merry about the fact that there's an evil bastard who doesn't actually get his comeuppance in the end so the entire film has no real moral justice at all other than the fact that if you're nice to people you might have a nice time however if you're mean to people apparently you have a fantastic fucking time anyway because no one goes back and takes the money back off him he steals money physically steals money from someone he commits an active crime and no one thinks maybe let's stop him and show some kind of karma retribution no 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 it's a wonderful life teaches you you can either be nice and get a little bit of happiness or you can be the evil craven and get what you fucking want. no one gives a shit so uh oh. thanks for that Bill. <laughs> can I okay can I pitch for Miracle on 34th Street as I do love that uh, no no oh. no it's gone Miracle's gone that, was a, that went to an 11 which is very yeah. reasonable I think so. I think like, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, they are, 
they are the best three Christmas films in my eyes. Like, I, I fully respect you handing them three out already because they are the best three. I can't believe Die Hard went so early on. Like that's our bad. Yeah, because the the real Die Hard is here, right here, right now. Yeah. I mean, what what if I give this a um? Well, I haven't got anything else. No, it's gonna have to be It's a Wonderful Life. Sorry, that's it oh. now. The best thing about <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life is that the main character, his surname is Bailey, which is it both is. a really Christmassy drink and the best. Drink. So, yeah, thank you. It's not the best drink in terms of flavour, but it I have idea how you... I don't know, I have you ever had Bailey's, Bailey's, drink. Bailey's with chocolate by, might actually be the nicest drink ever. Bailey's, Bailey's and amaretto. Bailey's that, that's the life. We haven't Bailey's. had uh, Scrooged. Scrooged is a good Christmas. Scrooged is a very but good it's Christmas. it's not a 12. It's not a 12. It's a fantastic film. Um, which I would have used if we'd had something a little bit higher up, like about an, you know about an eight or a nine, maybe even nine and a half. Um, How many have you got left? After uh, one more after you. Oh, what's left after you? Oh, it's what's the, the next one? King. That that's quite Christmassy though. Wolves are Christmassy. It won't apparently, get a 12, it's not going to get a twelve, Dave. But can it get a Scrooged? Maybe, maybe. This is what we've been doing this week. Okay, as long as there's not too many left, we don't want you... You've had a lot of drama, clearly. With me... <laughs> That's the time, me. I should have come on earlier. Should have come on earlier, given you the very obvious die-hard straight up, and then we couldn't have had the, the other fiasco that's clearly happened earlier. All right, Reese. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. It's better behind the throne. Right. Uh, welcome back to part four of Banter Behind the Throne this week. Uh, sadly, I no longer have Peel or Craven. They're doing Christmassy things. Um, and for me, this is in fact part five because the recording died. But here we are, we've got our final guest, and it's Mr. Aaron Glazer. Say hello to us, Glazer. Hello, Russ. Hey, fantastic. Uh, so thank you for jumping in at this uh, last minute, uh, our emergency guest. Uh, what card have you got for us today? I've got the Wolf King. Can I read it? You can. House Stark, non-loyal, two-cost attachment, title trait, Stark character only, so, you know, that non-loyal means a whole lot. Attached character gains the king trait and does not kneel when declared as an attacker in a military challenge. Is it good? Yes, it is good. Okay. It's not good enough for multiples, but I think, unless uh, the king trait comes to be really important down the line somewhere. But for the time being, at the very least, it is... Um, a one of in basically every Stark deck. Too many cards in their house want this. So, what? Obviously, your your prime target is Eddie, right? I mean, you're well, uh, yes, but Blackfish does not complain. No. Get Anything that extra else? power on him fast. Um, I mean, honestly, just anyone that has renown, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like why would you? Arya would be yeah. Arya would be really good. If she's just double, it's like double stealth. Um, you could do worse than like, God, that would be gross. But, um, like in a pinch, you can stick it on cat. I, uh, uh, on the previous recording, I said put it on cat. Even if you don't give her the military icon, you can stand it with Jane Westerling. Yeah. Get double use out of her. If you do give her a military icon, you get triple use out of her. <laughs> oh, that's gr- that's gross. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> that is gross. Yeah. And then you get, you know, 
that's three challenges, counting Winterfell, that your opponent can't trigger anything in. Literally that sounds fun to play against. <laughs> it's the same as the first time you see it, it's one of those combos where you think, fair play, fair play for Full of Gals. And then the second turn, you're just like, this is horrible and unpleasant. No. And no one yeah, to this is not fun. <laughs> then, then the peel part of the song comes in, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. At least you can still trigger your dupes, you know? It's the same for us. I mean, at that point, does not matter? <laughs> Stark has more dupes than you anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just not oh. quite as oppressive as Brienne uh, used to be. No. Is, is it not, though? Like, because I think it kind of is. Really? Which is, I mean... Brienne was kind of why you just didn't run dupes in first edition, right? <laughs> I've lost enough dupe characters to Brienne to differ, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brienne's definitely killed my like super, my prize Danny enough to make me sad. Yeah, yeah, I've lost games to her many, many games. Yeah, oh, I hate. I, I think I hated Stark. <laughs> you no, you had. He calls it thinking. Say it right. I had. He calls it thinking. <laughs> I always had. He calls it thinking. You know, it was implied. Uh, hey, <laughs> it was like hey, House we... of Dreams. I just uh, I took equals of thinking, and then I drew six cards. So why is treachery not a Martell card? Uh, good question. I'm I'm very upset that it isn't. <laughs> it would be a lot more balanced, right? Because they don't have the gold to just pay pay for it. They have to pay the uh, play the uniques, which they don't want to because most of them are terrible. Um, and it gives them a boost and reigns in Lannister a little bit, and like it does everything you would want to balance the game. Should we start Except positioning that, for it to be errata? I'd be so for that. <laughs> what an errata it would be. Errata, <laughs> uh, House Martell. It's just the first like cycle and chap and uh, corset is just like we're not going to print any bad Lannister cards. No. Not any, not one. <laughs> it's just like what, what? But like you're printing so many bad cards. Why does Lannister have no bad cards? Yeah, and there's three uh. good Martell cards. Oh, they're nice, those three cards. Are, are you sure there are three? I there are three. Two. Oh, go on then. Gaston? Uh, Gaston and the little draw weenie. Ariane. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, Ariane's, like, where I would guess about two months from Ariane being one of the top uh, five cards in the game again. She's just brilliant. She's so good. And they should have known she was that good, because Millennium Falcon is even more broken in Star Wars. <laughs> that's so true. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, she and Craster are best friends. That's really awkward. Oh, God. Oh, that's... No. Oh, I'm not a fan of Craster. He, Craster... he pains me. I mean, Narrow Escape was a bad card. Craster... Why did they... Like, Narrow Escape was so overpowered. Why would they get rid of the built-in cancel? Mm. Mm. Like... Too, in too interesting? <laughs> <laughs> now, Decision points? We don't like them? Like the first restricted card, basically, yeah. Like, it went oh. on the list straight away. It, it was narrow and uh, fear, right? I, I I don't know exactly what went on first. I did look at it once. Um, oh no, it was the, the Lanny shit. Straight away. It was it was the Lanny shit first. Okay, the, and, and the, the stupid the stupid draw one. Yeah. Like hey, I draw all the cards. Card. But as soon as someone figured out that the Vipers Bannerman was good and narrow escape was good, they went on with this because obviously. Yep. Uh, Craster Craster is a bad person. He's going to be really really fun in Martell for the reason you just made. And the fact that he recurs your green blood traders as well, so you start drawing extra cards on their back. Oh, that's pretty funny. Because like, oh. <laughs> they're no longer Marshall, they are coming to play. Can we also errata Craster to be a Martell card? <laughs> he should be. <laughs> he should be. You know what, as well, that, actually? 
Like, uh, you can trigger him, put Arya back into play, and get her a dupe back. So you end up with more dupes uh-huh. than you had before the Valor. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. I, what people are totally missing, too, is if you don't think your opponent's running Valor, you can just use them when they, like, put someone to the sword. Meh, alright, I'll pop a Craster and get back my best card. Sure, no problem. Yeah, definitely. Or, like, Standing use well. use your milked Fast Eddie for military claim, and then just bring him right back. Get two or three power off that one decision. Mm. Yeah, he's a phenomenal guard. And yeah, it's, uh, it's sacrifice, isn't it? So Yeah, oh yeah, two or three. Uh-huh. You can play him again. And it's not even removed from the game. No. <sighs> There's also a card they just printed that puts things, shuffles things back into the deck, isn't there? I, I see, yeah, Isle of Ravens, that seems like the Yeah. <laughs> Balance. Considering there's already a remove from the game of, like, big, ballsy effect on Varus, why is Craster not removed from the game? Uh, why is Craster not 6-cost so he doesn't synergize with so much of this stuff? <laughs> or 4-cost so you can ward him and whatever else, right? Yeah. Like, he just seems a weird decision point. Like, Varus's stats compared to Craster's alone, it's just like, wait, what? Varus is the, and Varus is the only Craster answer that exists. Because you can't, oh, you can't even pre-plot Nightmares in. No. Oh, uh, so you can go first and mm-hmm. Nightmares in if you've got the yes. gold. But if you're Valor, you're initiative. probably not. Yeah, if you're Valor, you're probably not going first. Yeah, and if you've got the gold, your opponent is probably not bad enough to make it first. One would assume. I mean, that was I had this argument with uh, Joe from Bad Cincinnati. And he was like, but your opponent might make you go first. I was like, so you're assuming your opponent is as bad as you are. That's probably not a good way to win games. Yeah, no. All right, so the Wolf King, however, <laughs> remain, remains good. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I do. Well, no, I don't I don't like it. I kind of hate Stark, so I hate it. But it's still good. It's both good and bad at the same time. Both naughty and nice, perhaps. Oh, oh, oh I like it. What a good segue. So, uh, how Christmassy is? Uh, uh, has it been good? Has it been bad? I, I think it is both naughty and nice. So Santa <laughs> has much on his list about it. But I think that uh, the Starks are very clearly the pagans of the Thrones world. And given that pre-Christmas, that was all a bunch of different pagan holidays about getting drunk and, like, I don't know, sewing wolf's heads onto yourself and shit like that. It's very appropriate. Fantastic. So, uh, on a scale of 1 to 12, where 1 is not very Christmassy at all, and 12 is super Christmassy, like, you know, Santa's sat there with all his lords uh, leaping and his ladies drumming and his pipers swimming and all that kind of thing. Um, what, where would you put it? I give it 11 jingle bells. 11 jingle bells. That is incredibly, incredibly Christmassy. It has almost jingled all the way. <laughs> Sadly, I think we've already mentioned Jingle all the way, so this brings me on to the God. next part of our game, which where uh, Peel allocates Christmas movie to the card. Um, but I'm, I'm not Peel. No, you're not, but I've got to do it. So if the Wolf King was going to be a Christmas card... Christmas card? Yeah, yeah, Christmas card. That is the right thing. Every time I say it, it sounds weird to me. Like, that's <laughs> an actual thing. But no, if, Chris, if it was a Christmas movie, it would be Scrooged, I think. Huh. Because... It's uh, Scrooge is just like Cat when she's not kneeling to enter challenges. Did we did we describe that on air or before we got on air? No, no, we we described Cat, but then we went on to the whole uh, 
why can't we make Bartel great again? Kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Scrooge, it's a bit like Cat. No banter for anybody, no Christmas, not even Tiny Tim consumption. Um, so yeah, but in the end, it's lovely because it enabled you to do silly things like, uh, use Cat in multiple channels. And use Fast Eddie to win in like two turns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so I think Scrooge. So, can we talk about how much power you can get with Fast Eddie with this? Just like really simply and quickly, because okay. if he can be two challenges, that's four power, right? On on his own, yeah. Well, him and a friend. Right, him and a friend, and then you're assuming that you're winning a power challenge. That's five power at least, right? That's three turns of this, and the game's over. Yeah. That's that strong. seems yeah, that seems balanced. <laughs> in God forbid, one of his friends is Blackfish, who is then in yeah. Yeah. Who's then in two challenges with him and also has renown? Because then you're getting seven-ish power a turn, eight, some more, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. R- run this card. <laughs> it, it seems strong, and you'll say just a one-off. Uh, have you met Stark? Like they don't have space in their decks. <laughs> like if, you're, you're at that point. You're like, hmm. Do I run three ice and one Wolf King? Like. You're still running... There's no room in Stark decks. Like, you know how Lannister got a box where nothing goes in the good stuff deck? Yeah. Stark got a box where everything goes in the good stuff deck. That's true. It's a shame, you know, that Stark have got this deck deck problem where they have too many good cards for their own deck. And we're just languishing here with our... Oh, we've got, like, what? Ten good Martel cards now? It's quite nice. We we like to have fun. So, (laughs) the question is... Does any other house have actual deck decisions to make? Then stop. Yeah. Uh, like, of good <laughs> cards, where they're not just like, which shitty cards am I rounding this out with? If you're running them purely fealty, so you don't think about banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, probably none of them. Yeah, maybe Lannister if you're running Jumper. But that's because you have to fit the Jumper events, which are otherwise bad. Most of them kind of uh, are relatively straightforward about that, right? Yeah, it's just like... You bicker on the numbers, but you know which cards you want. Exactly. Although, unless you're uh, Stroms and building the only interesting decks that have happened in Thrones in the past, like, six months. Have you seen Craven's uh, Greyjoy Rainstest? No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He said it's really good. I I mean, I want to believe him. (laughs) I, f- I feel like you would think it's really good until you realize you don't have any intrigue icons and you can't find any. Well, you run the, uh, you're unappointed. Uh, oh, ugh, I don't know if that's... Okay. It's free. Yay, appointed? Unlike, unlike Little Bird, it's free. Um, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I thought uh, it was one. No, no, it's, it's free. I think it's free. Mm. Well, I'm on Thrones DB. We can look up appointed. Appointed? He assures me it's good. It's got the challenge manipulation. It is, uh, it is cost one. Oh, okay. There is literally no reason to run this over Little Bird. There is one reason to run this over Little Bird. Crescent. Uh, yes. That's the and Yeah, but uh, it's, this is unique character only. Yeah, but... Which is you annoying. You want to put it on unique characters in Greyjoy, really. I mean, Like, it affects your setups, but that's it. Right. But it's going on Balon. That's the key target, Balon and Ash. Yeah, I got that, thanks. <laughs> well, I don't know, <laughs> you, you, you don't play you see how I, You see how I'm not that... Oh, oh, I was really proud of myself the other day. Yeah? Twice. Um, 
Scotty has been uh, New York guy has been playing on a uh, Bronze Techie, and he's he's sending me pictures of this board, and this guy drops Varus. He's like, so what do I do? He's gonna Varus. I was like, no, no, he's not Varusing. He's like, how do you know that? I was like, this just he's not Varusing. He has a vi- he has what looks like to him a better board, even though his board is worse. He's gonna try and wait one more turn, and he'll Varus next turn when you kick his butt this turn. And he was like, there's no way that happens. I was like, just don't plan for the Varus happening. Varus didn't happen. He was like, how How did you know that? I was like, I've played so much fucking Thrones in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gl- like then, and then he's like, all right, here's this other board. Do I Valor now? Because he could get a Tywin dupe. I'm like, yeah, let him look for it. It's fine. He's like, but but Tywin dupe. I was like, yeah, just you never want to Valor the turn you want to Valor. You want to Valor the turn after you wanted to Valor, right? It's good advice. good advice as well. Yeah. And he was just like, why do you know that? I was like, I... I've played like five bajillion games of this. It was my like only hobby for three years. Yeah. I keep a copy of Valor in my wallet just in case. <laughs> nice. I did actually take uh, he calls it the pub once, um, which was convenient because Bambi pulled out an old Ark Castellan. I wasn't having any of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I knew he had it in his wallet. I was like, I can say thinking this time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, McCall. I have one of the very first Valors. I have one of the uh, draft pack Valors from Gen Con. Oh, lovely. So pretty happy with that, since I'm not buying the chapter pack. <laughs> I will have that Valor. Oh, nice. Thank you very much for joining us, Glazer. It's been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure. Well, I hope that wasn't too painful for you listeners. If you've made it this far, then thank you. It's, uh, it's a considerable investment of your, your time and energy, and we appreciate that. Um, just want to say thank you again. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Party Marty, who uh, did some wonderful work on our theme tune at the beginning of the episode. And indeed, I forgot to credit him for the theme tune that we did last year, which he also edited. Um, so thanks for that. Thank you to you for making this such a great year for us. And uh, we will be back next year, hopefully mid-January, as uh, this episode has been an absolute bore lake to produce. So uh, I'm going to take a well-deserved rest over Christmas. Uh, at least I think it's well-deserved. Craven and Peel probably uh, disagree. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you.